Howdy. Yo. What's up? We're back, bitches. We're back in、uh, a new world with it, new it artwork、like、and a new opening. Thank you, like, Gilrus. So long ago. I know. I know. I know. We haven't、Let、played for in a thousand years. Yeah. It's weird how that happens. Right? I was like, I forgot how to do my entire setup, and I was like, it feels like it's been so long, and it's only been two weeks. That's crazy. It is. It's weird. It's weird. New games do that to you. New game. Who dis?、Uh, I, I love. I love checking our past、um, alerts because I'm the only one that checks them off. Apparently, there were ten sixty nine redemptions the week I was away. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We love to see it. Yes, we do. Oh wow! Okay. I was watching. By the way, I just have to say this, and it always amazes me how like adult other streams are. I was watching an actual Chaosium stream. It was it was the Jeff Richard like RuneQuest House Campaign stream, and someone rolled a sixty nine, and like nobody said anything. It was just like, oh, I rolled a sixty nine, and I was like, and and, and moved on with the game, and I was like. What? Yo, speaking of speaking of things, thank you. Thank speaking of things that are nice. Uh, Gerbo the Druid for eleven months of a sub, and Chris went as ten months of a sub. We love you. Thank you. By the way, Chris is a badass because he sent us a two-page RuneQuest character sheet. That's he's the one who sent it to us. So I will get that. Yeah. So you can have two pages. The maximum I can hold on to. You can have a spectrum of like the Amber two-page and the Decent book. I have that one as well. So both are good and acceptable. Fantastic. Well, all right, guys. New new year, new game. Yeah. New DM. If anybody has any announcements. That are non-game related.、Uh, yeah,、yes. two. Let's do two.、Uh, first of all,、uh, today、uh, a very special、uh, podcast dropped.、Uh, and Rainy and Kent and Troy were in that game, I believe.、Uh, it is、uh, a game that Rainy wrote himself,、uh, which is called One Last Quest, which is about old retired adventurers like coming out of retirement for one last quest,、uh, which is hysterical.、Uh, so that podcast dropped today. So certainly check that out. And、uh, next Tuesday there'll be another episode of Rainy's、uh, Rainy Runs RPGs podcast,、uh, which I think、It's、will、Rainy's, be another it- session. So it's rainy. Rainy plays games. Yeah, it's rainy. Rainy, 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 rainy runs RPGs. RPGs. Like that, he does that too. <laughs> that, no, that's, his, that's his username on Twitch. This is his Twitch、uh, name. Yes, yes. I, I am old and confused. Uh, so we were、old. discussing right before stream started. We were discussing how、they're、I'm a millennial. It's just that it's the first millennium that I'm from, not the second one. But anyway,、uh, <laughs> take it away, Amber. That's all. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us.、Uh, we promise we will get back to RuneQuest、uh, after an intermission. But for now, we're going to check out a new game by Free League Press.、Uh, by new, I mean new to us. It's been out for a couple years.、Uh, Vason.、Um, and、uh, this game is rad. This game slaps. It uses the Year Zero engine. If you're familiar with it, as does several other Free League games.、Um, two of which I am currently playing and/or reading right now. So forgive me if I mix the rules and the streams cross here because they're all slightly different, but they use the same engine.、Um, I will. We will. We will march through this together.、Um, I never allow <laughs> knowing the rules to stop me from running or playing a game. My problem、so. is I know too many rules. Yeah, <laughs> that just, happens、uh, too. Yep, they all、so. blend together. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> why you gotta be like me and just run games with barely any fucking rules. Yeah, <laughs> right. A, yeah, this、happen. is a role-playing game. Good society. 
just go have fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, compared to other games like RuneQuest and whatnot, this is a very rules-light system. It is very narrative-focused. It is about storytelling and character building and deep, dark, and traumatized pasts and the relationships we have with each other. Um, but there are some rules to back it up when the shit hits the fan. Uh, the original Basin is a Nordic horror game. It takes place in the Nordic and Icelandic countries and involves a lot of their mythologies. Um, the group plays investigators set in the late 1800s, early 1900s in a vague alternate quasi time period um, in mythic in the mythic north. Uh, and investigators go around and investigate the mysterious and supernatural occurrences that happen around their country and countries uh, in order to protect humanity. We are playing with their free league supplement, Mythic Ireland and Britain. So we'll be playing in, I don't have the flow chart up, but the British Isles and aroundabouts areas um, for this game. Uh, tonight, thank you all for joining us. We're doing a little session zero slash introductory scene or two to get us started. And then the campaign proper will start at our next session. Um, we have... So we're going to do a little bit of character creating here, mostly walking Sarah through this and helping anybody who has not finished their character finish up. <laughs> but if you are new to Basin and want to see somebody walk through character creation, this next bit is for you. Because I don't Ooh, know what I'm somebody. doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the character creation is very easy and very painless in Basin. Um, it's a relatively simple character. Uh, you do not have hundreds and hundreds of skills and derivative abilities and stuff like that. Uh, pretty like, Unlike other games. Unlike other games. So if you like Crunch Light, you will like this. It's a single page. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Closing my basin book here. All right, folks, got character sheets out. Some of you have made characters already. Uh first step in character creation, Sarah and others, if you've not gotten this far, is to assign attributes. There are four attributes in basin, which together indicate what you are more or less good at. They are your physique, your precision, your logic, and your empathy. So before uh, that, you have to choose your age. Yeah, your age will affect your your starting attributes. That's true. That is true. If you are playing someone who's particularly young or particularly old, so you get different. You get Ooh. a different amount of points depending on which age category you fall into. So there are three age categories: young, middle aged, and old. Young is seventeen to twenty five. Middle aged is about twenty six to fifty, and old is fifty one to Christian. <laughs> yeah, nice. and the, way uh, the younger you are the more attribute points you have um and the less skill points you have the older you are the more skill points you have and the fewer attribute points you have as your physique declines and your experience increases and the opposite is true of the youth the youths the youths the youths uh, in the book it does say the first thing you should do is choose your archetype sarah already knows her archetype you don't necessarily have to do that if you're between things you can kind of start building your character and be like oh i think they're more of a this um that helps you aim a bit. The archetypes are not like classes in a lot of uh, other games where like you get all of your abilities and stuff from them. The archetype really only gives you like one or two things. And if you're a blend of archetypes, just pick one of them and be effectively both. Like they have, they're much more of a flavor descriptor thing than they are like your class and your future like skill set. And um, yeah, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but once you start buying, like earning experience and buying skills, it's pretty much like, you can do whatever you want. Open architecture. Correct. Yeah. The two things your archetype uh, affects really are your um, your maximum attribute in your key attribute and your key skill. Um, everybody else is capped at one point lower for everything except their archetype special. They can get one point higher than anybody else in that. Um, and your uh, your starting equipment 
equipment is very vague. This is not a game where your inventory is super important. Um, you can just sort of have stuff most of the time, unless it's a really important thing. Um, depending on your wealth or anything you, you need to acquire, you can make a wealth check to either have had it or purchase it in-game. Uh, not super important inventory tracking in this. Um, the other thing it affects is your starting talent. Uh, your starting talent, uh, people are locked into just the three starting talents available to the archetype at first level in character creation. Um, afterward, all archetypes and all classes open up to everyone. So if you were looking, you're like, I want to be a priest, but also a witch. Like, pick one to start with wherever you want your archetype starting ability to be, and then take the other one the next time you buy a, an ability. It's fine. Um, so yes, uh, Sarah is playing the writer. Which wow. is Sarah very... Archetype. Which is very, very funny if you know me and my creative writing degree. <laughs> the writer also looks really fun. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's definitely a wild card class, or not class, wild card archetype. I you couldn't convince her to go with drunken rugby player. <laughs> I tried uh, my best. <laughs> do, do we want to go around and just introduce what we're playing? Do you want to take it a step at a time and just kind of do it that way? So I know Kat, Sarah's creating some real stuff, but like, for instance, yeah, I'm let's playing, go around yeah. the character creation process and so, just that. And then you'll yeah. get a scene to actually introduce character as a complete so person. I'm playing the occultist. Uh, I'm playing the entertainer. I am playing the uh, private detective. I am playing the vagabond. And Sarah's playing the writer. Uh, age uh, is your next step to choose, Sarah. You've got young, middle-aged, and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had pictured her around 30. Around 30, so middle that's age. middle age, technically. You will be yeah. starting with 14 attribute points and 12 skill points. Okay. Uh, everybody else, what are your age categories out of curiosity? Oh, shit. Sarah, I'm actually younger than you. I'm playing, uh, she's, uh, Rosalie is 24. A, but a, a spring chicken. Young and, well, no, <laughs> practically a widow, practically a fucking spinster in reality. Dried uh, up, useless. Married <laughs> woman of 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, I'm also young. I'm 25. I am also young. I am also 25. Sorry, you're the oldest. And I am old balls. I am 54. You're 54? Right. Okay, there you're we go. I'm like, you're not the oldest. Wow, you've lived a life. You are the oldest, you are the crone of the group. We are going about age archetypes for women. (laughs) Sarah's the crone. (laughs) I love it. Truly, at 30, the ripe old age of 30. (laughs) She's going to live and die with her cats. (laughs) (laughs) That feels like a writer thing. Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I love my cat. Are you kidding? (laughs) Uh, We have name which you can do at the end of your character creation if that is how you rock. But I think everybody has their names now. Yep. They are in chats there. Uh, they're not on the sheet. So uh, yeah, we'll they're, do, they're not go on around. Thing. I'll, I will get them on. Uh, the only one I have on is mine. Yeah, that's fine. When I made this, I had mine, but I'll get them on later. We'll do that at uh, character. No yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So now you're going to distribute your attribute points, Sarah. Uh, you can have... Where the fuck did my thing go? All right, so you can have uh, your attribute scores are going to be between two and five. The only one you can have a five in is your core ability for your class, which is the writer. Everything else is capped at four for you. No attribute can be lower than two. Um, your I have to scroll back and forth because uh, my main attribute is empathy. Empathy, yeah, perfect. So your empathy can which... be a five. It does not have to be, but it can be. It's the only one that can. Which is also part of the reason I picked this because that's a very 
Sarah. Sarah. Is Sarah playing the heart again? No, she's not. She maybe she's weird. There is no heart. It can be weird and heart. (laughs) Yeah, she's a bit of both. We're an eldritch horror. We have no heart. Okay. So go ahead and distribute those points as you see fit, Sarah. Everyone else talk about your stats while I do some head math, uh, if you I wish. You I don't know. So the occultist main, main attribute is precision. Uh, so I maxed out on that. And I also, uh, I am I basically balanced out logic and empathy because they fit very well. There are skills that are very well for Rosalie. Rosalie is a painter. Uh, so there are skills that are, are very good for artwork and things like that within uh, empathy and, uh, and logic that I wanted to have. Um, and um weak as fuck. I have a physique of two. She's a, just a slight wisp of a thing. Fantastic. Uh, yes. The year zero engine is a dice pool system. So yeah. when you roll to succeed on something, you are rolling your attribute plus the skill. So each skill has an associated attribute. You roll a dice pool that is combined of those. Sometimes you have a modifier due to a circumstance, a talent, or... um equipment sometimes not but that forms your basic pool you need one success in general to succeed at whatever you're doing and a success is a six fives don't do anything uh, so uh, yeah, you're so just trying to score sixes for example once in a while you need more than one six uh, it is rare except in opposed roles then you are trying to beat the score of whoever is opposing you yeah so for example christian has a what a physique score of two so that's yeah. two dice that he would be rolling yep. in addition yeah. to whatever skill it would be applied to. So you rolled that yeah. number. Of I should not get invites. So I'm not good at it. Yeah. If I you don't have, have any have points no in a skill, yeah. you're just I rolling don't. the attribute. I'm just rolling the attribute. Unless yeah. I have a gun, because that's a range combat is precision. And I fucking rock five dice on that shit. Okay. But I only have okay. two for stabby stuff. Yeah. Surprise Wanted. gun. Wanted. Try. We're back somewhere where you can get a gun. How stoked are you, buddy? I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Ronaldo plays that way. Yeah, I was gonna say that in your your character's wheelhouse now. I think Rosalie needs a piece eventually, but she's not starting with one. Damn. Yeah. Uh, Next step is to distribute your skill points. Your skill points are ranked between zero and five. The maximum you can have at starting is two in any skill except your your archetype skill. That can be a three. Um, after f- after you've created your character initially, you can start buying points and go all the way up to a maximum of five as you increase in skill. What's everybody's three? Because let's stealth. be honest, we all maxed stealth. out in our archetype. Yeah, mine is stealth. So like she's stealth? a sneaky, sneaky person. Yeah, mine is yeah. manipulation. Same. I'm also very good at manipulation. Uh, I actually, I loaded up the social skills. So I have stealth as my best one. And okay. then I took uh, inspiration because that's artwork, uh, observation, yeah, empathy. And then I've got two in inspiration, two in manipulation, and two in empathy, one in vigilance, and three in stealth. And everything Oh, shit, else. Jess, they're all faces. This yeah, is the opposite of what I thought yeah, we, we were going. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Riley? Uh, yeah, I think it's. I actually did not max out my uh, really personal skill, which would be investigation. I left it at a two. Okay. Because, uh, or evenly distributing. Right up, right up front. So Riley isn't your stereotypical private detective. It's not something that he's like attempting to make money off of. It is mm. something that he is doing for a means. I gotcha. So like he is he is new to it. That is why I chose a two instead of maxing it out at a three. Mm, okay. Okay. 
All right. Got it. All right. You're going to choose your starting talent. You should have a list of three associated with your archetype. You must choose one of those three. And then after that, you could get any talent from the general or any other class's archetype you can purchase later on in the game. I think I already know which one I'm picking because it was the one that basically inspired my whole character. Is it is it automatic writing? It is, yes. Fuck yeah. So you're going to write automatic writing That's down for so your cool. talent. Yeah. Yeah, that reading that was a big thing that inspired the, Cecilia's whole character. So the auto- automatic writing reminds me of that conversation that we had at Opa Amber where the ghosts wanted to use your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> There's context there. I know Christian and I are both like yeah. We, Troy and I, Troy was considering buying a haunted house and I went with him on the house tour and we were, you know, joking oh. about possession and a ghost wanting to taste this food. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, I was like, they want to mouth. I'm sorry. I took ghost like, what that mouth do? Mouth in that I I must draw attention to Sunday meet in chat. Archetype American skill surprise Glock. <laughs> surprise Glock. I have one of those characters in this game. Surprise uh, Glock character? Oh no. Surprise rifle, but Well no, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Thanks. We just don't know which one it is. I think we will pretty quickly. <laughs> you will. Oh. Bald eagle yeah, swoops down yeah. from on high. <laughs> Uh, we are going to elect to keep my talent secret for now. I, this is organized in a different way than I would build the character if you go down the line here, but you can go down the line or organize it whatever way makes sense to you. Uh, I like to finish all the mechanical stuff at once, then do all the other stuff. So, Sarah, you have a small list of equipment to start with. Um, some of them are things you get automatically. Some of them are choices between like A and B or C. Go ahead and make the choices that you have and or get the automatics that you have. Girl, and back up. My equipment. And equipment in this game is literally like you have maybe up to three things. <laughs> yeah. The uh I, I will uh share the talent for the private detective because I think it is funny. Uh it is the talent that I took is Eagle Eye. It gives me a plus two to dice pool to vigilance in a situation I am not a part of. When you're observing from the background. When I'm just like, I like just show up and I'm just like you know that guy stabbed that other guy, right? I just feel like in, in my mind, Kent, I'm picturing the uh, the detective from The Wicker Man, just because of the vibe of the whole game. Oh, God. Oh, it's no. Just, be- <laughs> just so sweaty. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Glistening. I don't get this reference. I'm sorry. Neither do I. You watch The Wicker Man for Horror Film Club, and there's yeah. a detective that comes to an island. He's the worst part. <laughs> a pagan fuck fest island, essentially, and then uncovers the it's pagan the fucking. In the that was the good the part. Yeah. yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. And he's very sweaty in one scene where a woman, naked woman, is dancing and singing very seductively. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So sweaty. Yeah. Very so sweaty. Uh, after you have selected your equipment, you do get to choose or roll a memento. Um, there I'm is a. Find right now. Table of Mementos on the Vason Core Rulebook, page 23. I am way past that. I'm at 223. Yeah, it's up at like character creation. How'd I miss it? And it's our you can pick an item from the list, you can roll, or you can create an item of similar. Yeah, I'm gonna see what's there for inspiration. One of oh, them is. is a pet pigeon. 
That's, That's hilarious. Chess and birds, guys. Speaking oh, of pet pigeons, the the one shot that drops tonight, my character had a very interesting pet pigeon. So oh, no. no spoilers, oh, but it's pretty good. Production of Yes. I, th- I think I know who you are. It is. Okay. It's it the Dungeon World exactly. character. It yeah. is, yes. Nice. I'm going to Amber, I'm gonna send you a little a a, a, a spook spoopy secret singing bobber. Hell yeah, whisper to me in the chat. Uh in the meantime, I'll talk about my talent too. Um I took famous. So you might have heard of me. I was nice. a famous magician in competition with another magician before my character disappeared. Before Nora nice. disappeared. Spoopy. Nora disappeared, not your competition. Yes, Nora disappeared. Okay. Not my competition. And I guess yeah. my um mine is well traveled, um, which is gonna be hopefully really fun to incorporate in this game. Basically, once per mystery. I can choose to um, know an NPC that will be a part of whatever it is that we're doing. Um, but I don't control if they're friendly or hostile or what have you. I just basically have run into them in the past in my travels. And I'm hoping to to flavor this in a way that Rainy might be able to pop in for a session here or there and play the said NPC. So that oh, yeah. would be pretty cool. Nice. So Randy's prepared to be like anyone on the fly, or does he have a person in mind that you're going to pull in? I think he has one person in mind that he wanted to play at some point, okay. but um, anybody, he understands it could be anybody gotcha. that Amber could throw his way. Gotcha. Also, Max, thank you for 13 months resub, homie. Oh. I love the little fucking weird, what's that, Sam? Is that what his name is? Yeah. <laughs> little weird dude. Sorry, I'm making Amber answer hard questions no, because okay. I have specific ideas. So uh, I, I'm not going to talk about my talent. So That's fine. we'll find That's that great. out yeah. when as we play. It'll be it'll be a secret surprise for later. A secret <laughs> mouse tool will play. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm yeah. <laughs> glad we were on the same secret wave. Mouse tool. <laughs> Listen, that's what my siblings grew up in that era. I understand. Yep. Oh, Mouse oh, That show's oh, still on. My niece and nephew watch oh that. God, are you serious? I, I think actually so, like yeah. that show. The show I hated was Dora. I cannot stand Dora the Explorer. Really? Oh, I hated her. I really, I, I was okay with Dora. I liked Dora. I did not like the I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with Dora as a person. I just find as the a show person. itself to be <laughs> like very condescending. Because oh. it'll just be like, it'll like, she'll be literally standing in front of like the ocean. And she'll be like, where's the ocean? And she'll like stare teach- at the wow, screen like you're a moron for like five minutes. And she's like, that's right, kids. That's where the ocean is. And it's like, of course, it's <laughs> the fucking ocean. It's behind you. Like I would get so aggravated because it's because like, don't it's condescend to my for, child. Like, it's made for, that's how you like, but he would be like, my kid would be like, yeah, it's right behind you. It's behind you, Dora. It's a Christian, you, Dora. a six-month-old would be like, whoa. <laughs> I know, but it's made I for like little, little kids. I understand that. It just, but like, I mean, I that, a six-month-old like is basically a potato with legs. <laughs> I did like Swiper, though. Swiper was cool. Yeah. I was going to say, that was my same frustration with the Teletubbies, except Dora wasn't weird, and like the Teletubbies were kind of Yeah, Dora like, was not weird. weird. I'll, I'll actually mean? give you that. Teletubbies were very weird. Yeah. Like, like, and it like, was the what same is, thing. Like, yeah. A lot of repetitive. Keep an eye on Tinky Winky. Things. That guy's a little sus. Yes. <laughs> I always felt that the Teletubbies are extremely sus. Have you seen their TikTok? No. Oh, oh god. They have a TikTok account. It's 
full of memes and it's literally it's a banger it's a banger oh shit the thing I have to tell you all that I forget every single time in Vason is that resources also uses skill points. It is a skill that is not in your skill list. Uh, it uses skill oh, points shit. for resources. So, like, you start with your lowest number. So your 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 archetype will give you a range. You actually start with your lowest number. If you want to be any higher, you have to spend one of your skill points to get that to, to get to up to talent. your high number. Come uh, live in squalor with me, folks. At, at starting <laughs> play, at starting play, it is you spend a skill point. Then, like later, you buy a talent after. You know, it doesn't actually say that. That that's interesting. Okay. So all of your archetypes have a resource range. You start at your lowest number automatically. You can increase that up to a maximum of your highest number uh, by spending skill points one for one. Can you just explain what resources are? Yes. So resources is an abstract um, representation of your wealth buying power and sort of your lifestyle. Um, For example. A resource value of one is destitute. You are completely dependent on others for survival. Every day is a struggle for food, and you have few, if any, belongings. This may have caused you to contract disease, starve, or turn to drugs or alcohol for relief. Um, (laughs) A four is financially stable. You own your own home and have a job that provides a steady income. Most likely, you have some money stashed away. Occasionally, you may treat yourself to some sweets or a trip or a beautiful object. In times of crisis, there are people to lend you money. There's okay. a there's a table in the book that tells you kind of yep the table level. is on page twenty two mm-hmm. that'll give you an idea of where you are sitting yeah um and so then- as I said like the game doesn't really nitpick equipment and stuff like when it, there's a question of whether or not you have something on you or access to something you just look at your resource score and see if it makes sense generally speaking if you're trying to bribe someone or acquire something that's sort of like different than daily needs you can roll your resources as like a resource check that would be your dice pool for that. Mm-hmm. What is poor and how does how does poor work? Poor is you live very simply. Most Two. days there is food on the table, but far too little. If you have children, they are forced to live in squalor. You might own a change of clothes and a few possessions. Loss of income income would be disastrous for you and your family. That's and that's well, because I have to I have to would uh, you take away a skill point to do this? I was I was at like uh, what three, but I'm not going to be at three. I'll just be four. Makes sense. Yeah, my uh, yeah. Cecilia is at three, which as I'm struggling, you're a starving artist. You have a humble home, yeah. uh, fixed income. You have Which, no money for savings, but you can dress yourself and your family for special occasions. And you're, if you have children, they have some access to education at least a few years. Yeah. Um, which the which makes sense for Cecilia as her whole deal as a writer is she's had one hit novel and has and not... you've been we, like living off of that lifeblood as it's slowly been yes. trickling down and now we're like this is why trying she... to get a little lean here that, that fixed income is very very carefully spending novel money yes mm, yeah hello cat so we to my character just max oh. resources bruce wayne it up somehow the meme of me being rich trickled in here uh, <laughs> hello everyone stream cat is here so i had a wedding hey, stream cat. hey baby what are you doing? Look at those eyes. Are you on stream? She's got monster eyes right now. She Holy does. God. She's like, so I'm dissatisfied with this. <laughs> your last sentence in wealthy, which is seven. The only time you see any poor people is through your carriage window. <laughs> Sit not in my dice tray. The hole goes right for it. <laughs> oh, Immediately, no, yeah. I should have made. <laughs> that's your that's your other archetype, Christian. Yes. <laughs> chill out all right so knowing that and having distributed your skill points i always forget that that's in there it's like a little like but by you know, the way if like, you want more yeah, resources I did, I did here's how you get that. them i did not see that in the rules i just figured you picked one that was like appropriate for your character concept 
Yep. Nope. You start at the age. bottom and you can yeah. go up to the top, but you That's have to spend skill points. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, afterward, there is a talent you can take later in game uh, that increases your resource by two, I think. Um, that is the thing you can do. Okay, so we got that. We got the equipment and mementos. We've got, let me bounce around here. I think that is all of the crunchy stuff that there is in this game. So the next part is all of the more story things involved in the game. Uh, all characters need to choose and or create. I'm getting into gameplay. A motivation, a trauma, and a dark secret. Um, they will also pick relationships at the end. So due to the secret nature of some of these, some of these things are secrets for the stream that you will see through play and they will <laughs> discover and whatnot with each other. So we're not going to go and straight up read out the sentences for all of mm -hmm. these. Um, but uh, anybody at this point can share what each other would know about it. So you have joined a semi-secret society full of adept researchers. <laughs> um, there is a certain amount of notoriety that you and your lives probably have and would be somewhat known to other members in the society. Um, that is information that you can share now. You can also share it in terms of rumors. It doesn't necessarily have to be completely true, but it is what people think about you or what some digging has turned up about you. Go first. Um, uh, yeah. if you, I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Other thing is... Um, these items have some uh some game uh impact yeah so yes yeah, some in-game impact thank you the words are just leaving me so the motivation uh when it says motivation it means your motivation and drive to pursue the supernatural it is what led you to try join the society and it is what leads you to keep pursuing this dangerous life and digging into these dark places uh your trauma is usually a traumatic event that has occurred to you they are often supernatural in uh, have some sort of supernatural bent or nature to them, but they don't necessarily have to. Uh, and usually the traumatic event is what has given your character the sight. All player characters in Basin, um, the vast majority of them are entirely mundane except for the sight. They can see Basin even when they wish to be hid. Um, normal people cannot see Basin unless they wish to reveal themselves. They are otherwise invisible and often undetectable. But uh, investigators have the sight usually as a result of their trauma um, and this dramatic encounter that they had at some point. Uh, people with the sight are often called Thursday's children um, from the nursery rhyme. Uh, you know, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has far to go. And there's one for each day of the week. So Thursday's children, you have far to go. Um, then I could rock Wednesday as well. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Yeah, but you're not a child. Uh, characters all also have to have a dark secret. A dark secret is something that adds stakes to the game. It is something that will have negative, sometimes disastrous consequences to the characters if discovered publicly or to the people that they care about. Um, what is a negative or disastrous consequence is very personal. This could be something that brings you a great point of shame or makes you relive a trauma or it could ruin your reputation in society. But whatever it is, it is disastrous or extremely negative, very undesirable to your individual character, to you. It matters more about your perception than the perception of society in the case of the dark secret. Um, so all of the Basin characters are flawed. Uh, they, examples of dark secrets could be a drug addiction that you are hiding. Um, it could be a murder you have committed. Um, it could be something less, it could be something even like more personal that, Someone on the street wouldn't blink an eye at, but the people you know and love would look at you differently forever. Maybe even cease to love you or respect you. 
Um, those are all examples of dark secrets and their nature. Um, should a dark secret ever be revealed and or resolved, your character will develop another one. You'll never be a perfect person with nothing <laughs> to hide in this game. So those are little tidbits that are fun to pick apart and uh, taunt and uh, press the player characters with. They are knives for the GM. We will not be revealing dark secrets yet. Just rumors that may perhaps hint at something in their past. Just going to um, hand Amber all of the knives. Give me yeah. your knives. Yeah, uh, with I that said, some big ones. if everyone wants to do a little meta introduction that involves the sort of uh, what is known amongst the other players, more or less, and other members of the society, more or less about your characters, uh, whether or not it is true. I'll go first. If Since everyone is so eager to step forward, I'll go first. Um, so my character is uh, named Rosalie Bargrove. Uh, she has a lot of, of, of a reputation in London. Uh, people would know her. She's called the Witch of Dartmoor. Uh, what your characters would know about her is that she was she was raised in Devon and Dartmoor in Devon, uh, which is kind of a lonely, um, forlorn part of Britain outside of uh, London. Uh, she is from the period. She's from a very, very good family. Uh, something happened to her when she was a child. Uh, where she was missing for nine days and then was found. Uh, and after that, that um, she was became pretty problematic uh, throughout her childhood. And as a matter of fact, when she turned, uh, she came of age, uh, she was actually sent away by her family. Uh, and she was sent to the Middlesex County Lunatic Asylum in Hanwell, outside of London. It was a real place. And Lunatic Asylum being the term they used back then. And she uh, spent several years there uh, until she got out for some reason. Uh, but she's become very, very known for her artwork, which is considered uh, very, very scandalous and very profane. profane. <laughs> Absolutely profane. Uh, and so she has she she lives in um, she lives in. Um, close to Whitechapel, off of Whitechapel High Street in London, kind of a really bad section of, of London in that time. Uh, she po, uh, because her family has no contact with her. Uh, she makes a very bare living uh, with her artwork uh, because there are always people who like strange and macabre things. The decadent so she makes movement a is her saving grace right Correct. now in London. Uh, right now, right now it is her saving grace, uh, but still she's barely, barely scraping by and has a, a bit of a, like a bad reputation, honestly, uh, as for, for those things. Um, she looks a little bit like if you've seen Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, Winona Ryder's Mina, uh, when she starts to become like unhinged. Uh, so she wears, and she's very pale. She wears, <laughs> Very pale. Sickly. Her hair is, you know, kind of like frizzy and all over the right. place. Uh, her, her clothes. No, she her clothes are were nice clothes, but they're starting to wear. Uh, and she's got like the fingerless gloves and like shawls that are like too thin to stay warm in the cold, cold weather. Like that. uh, <laughs> so that's yeah, that's Rosalie. Yep. Excellent. Wow. Uh, oh, uh, she does know. She does know uh, Cecilia uh, through the uh, from being a writer and an artist. They they've traveled in similar circle circles, and uh, she has in the past met um, Ronaldo, who is Troy's character, uh, on a chance who, occasion. A chance occasion, which you can describe. So that's that's Rosalie. Yeah. Oh, we should do Cecilia or Ronaldo next, then. Hmm. So. 
I was I will say uh with my character he, uh Riley uh Riley O'Day. He's from uh Ireland. Actually just recently few months, maybe six uh six months or so new to uh to London. Um I guess he's been getting uh making a name for himself for being able to uh for being able to to, to spot the details that other people can't quite see so he's been making a living in london kind of as a private detective uh not that he much that he uh not that much to his own uh willingness do we know uh, why you came to london yes i know uh do, do you do, do we, yeah would, do us as players, or what, as what would they know as our characters? Yeah, yeah. as a new, new, yeah. <laughs> new person here from Ireland. So he he seems to be. Uh, there isn't particularly a reason that he's stated a why, but there seem he seems to be searching for something, and that is what brought him to London. Okay. Um. Honestly, to anyone who has gotten to know him at meetings or whatnot while we've been here uh he was in back in ireland back in his uh home uh county of county clare he was a uh uh instrument maker and a part-time bartender barkeep oh when the yeah. when when you know when people's instruments didn't break, he needed to make some money somehow. So, bartending it is. So As someone who has been both a bartender and someone who investigates crime, yeah. the two are far more similar than you might think. <laughs> that that's what I I was thinking today. It's like it's like why? It's like they're almost the same job. Yeah, I literally told everybody that the the job that I had that best prepared me to be a police officer was being a, being bartender. a bartender that's amazing yeah like th yes. that that's what i uh, thought of. i actually thought of it today i was like oh what 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 did riley do before he came to london because like he had to do something and i was like i was like i i wanted him to uh do something with music but i was just like it's like he's 25 he's not going to be like well off enough to be right right to, to like booze <laughs> to to boot it but i was like like what else would uh be prevalent over there bars pubs hell yeah so he 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 was uh uh he helped out at the at a local pub back in uh back in his home uh town and he uh basically that's how what trained him to spot the small things right i do it's have a question for the group um does anybody want to be the oldest and or newest member of the society and or does anybody have any like preference on kind of where they fall no in that? preference you're all new members as technically as in you've been in the part of society for a year or less ish um sure. the oldest or newest among your group of new recruits though yeah right yeah i would say i would want to be on the newer end but it doesn't i, I it doesn't matter to me if i'm the newest cecilia would be on the older end because she would go seek something like this out okay uh, Maybe I'm uh, right after you, then, Cecilia. I, I would say Riley is uh, 
probably the newer because he's I've stated he's been in London for maybe only about six months. Okay. I'll I'll say I'm probably uh, I'm also a newer member to the society. Um, So sometime around when uh, Nora and Riley were there is roughly when I started showing up. Uh, did you have anything else for your thing, Riley? Did you come alone to London? Yes, he came alone uh, to London. Um, one thing he, I will state, I did find my memento. It is a uh, pocket watch that he does. Uh, he he does hold with fondness, and it's the it's always the first thing he makes sure he has. Uh, Amber, are you muted? Am I muted? Oh, no, she okay. was just making faces. No, she I said, said all right, but it must have been very yeah, It did not, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so I am the extraordinary Eleanor. Um, I was once a famous magician in competition with another magician known as the Conjurer. Um, but there was an accident and some people died at my show. And then I pretty much disappeared until I showed up here at the society. And uh, I can't seem to accomplish a magic trick really well anymore. And uh, I am kind of seeking magic in order to kind of harness magic again. I want to be great again. That's my character. Yes, the extraordinary Eleanor, but I go by Nora. Did you also come uh, alone? Um, or like, I, you have any family or anything? I am pretty much alone, but I grew up in London. Okay. All right. Um, so my character's name is Ronaldo. Um, he is a old, uh, old gentleman. Um, he's a he's a fairly quiet guy. He's reserved. Um, he always kind of. Uh, kind of keeps his eyes down, avoids eye contact with people typically. But if someone um, confronts him or tries to strike up a conversation, um, he'll offer them a warm smile and he'll, you know, talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about. Um, Ronaldo also has a dog that never leaves his side. Uh, her name is June and she is a beautiful black Irish wolfhound. Um, she has been Ronaldo's companion for as long as any of you would assume. Um, Ronaldo is, um, he looks like he's of either Irish or Scottish descent, um, but he um, he claims that he is not from around here. Um, Does he have an accent? I would say, I'm trying to think of how much of his upbringing he might have told you guys. I think he might have just kept it vague at that. Um, his skin is very, um, sun kissed, but not in a good way. It's, uh, it's, it's Burnt. very, you know, weathered and worn. Yeah, he's sun lived a really leathery. Am I muted though? Oh, no. Leathery. Oh, you're good. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, sun kissed the way you kiss a tray when it, someone swings it at your face. You know? right. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Ronaldo's lived a very tough life. He has, um, done pretty much any jobs that he's needed to, to scrape by, um, he has spent a pretty pretty substantial period um, of his more recent years um, being homeless. Um, he has struggled with starvation and 
being the victim of various crimes and not having safety and shelter and all of those things. So, um, but aside from that, does Ronaldo um, have an accent? A foreign accent? I'm going to say yes, he does. I am not going to do this accent, though. Yeah. I am but, also going to do very few, if any, accents. I'm terrible Ronaldo, at them. <laughs> Ronaldo has a distinctly Italian accent. Italian, okay. So you're going to do uh, you're going to do the Italian accent the way Joaquin Phoenix did the French accent when he played Napoleon, which is to say he didn't. <laughs> and he's got the way um, Sean Connery did a Spanish accent in The Highlander, and Christopher right. Lambert did a. <laughs> <laughs> the way the entire cast of Les Mis did French oh, accents, worry. which don't is to say they did English you. accents. Yeah. Ronaldo McDonald, Ray and stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, okay, so yes. Uh, other than that, he uh, he carries a walking stick. I would say um, Rosaline and Cecilia, um, you guys may have experienced, um, you were probably in the society before Ronaldo was a member. And you may have had encounters with him during the very first couple of times that he appeared there um, when he was in a really rough way. I mean, he hadn't cut his hair in probably years. Um, He was like really skinny, um, not healthy, uh, sick. And over the past, like probably three or four months that he's been a member of the society, you can frequently catch him kind of hanging out there. Um, he's since now like clean shaved. Um, he appears to be in a little bit higher spirits. Um, he's clean, he's sheltered, he's put on some weight, he's no longer emaciated. Um, but yes, so that oh, and uh, June is always Cecilia has seen in Ronaldo what awaits her should she not write another best selling novel soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, June likes all of the women in the group and is not particularly fond of men. <laughs> so fuck you in particular, Riley. <laughs> yeah, yes, Sorry, literally no the heart you. of the group. Fuck you, Riley. <laughs> no dog. Uh, all right. So uh, Cecilia uh, was born in Scotland, but moved to England with her family when she was probably like 10 to 13 so her accent is a weird mix of both and that's the excuse i'm using uh (laughs) for my shit accent that y'all get to hear um her family was lower middle class they got by um but uh sickness took both her parents and when she was uh in her late teens ended up living under the in one of those like what's the word i'm thinking of the nuns where the nuns take oh, care convent. of her. she lives in a convent for a, growing yes. up for a while under nice. the nuns and basically That's just excuse for normal. being catholic as well <laughs> yeah yeah uh and <laughs> she basically made pocket change by doing their cleaning and their laundry and their cooking and whatever um but she always loved art and writing and she she published a couple of poems nothing crazy um but when she was in her us is have like maybe two or three years ago since she was 27 or 28 um she actually and this is what how you guys would know cecilia she published a novel that uh, was fairly successful uh 
partially because it was very well read uh, and partially because there was a bit of a scandal about it. Uh, it is a romance novel. Uh, however, neither of the two romantic leads have any gendered pronouns used on them, and both leads' names are gender neutral, so it is up to the reader what the genders of the two love interests are. Uh, she's gotten away Endless. with it. She's gotten away with it because she's like, oh, of course it's a man and a woman, and this, you know, you oh, can which just... one's the man and which one's the woman? Which one's the man... like, I'll never yeah. tell. <laughs> yeah, you get to pick. It's up to can't you. you. Can't you tell? Yeah, it's like, yeah, turn it back on them. You can't mm. picture the characters the way I can. It's just artistic vision. Uh, but because it's not like overtly homosexual, uh, she <laughs> never could get in trouble for it because it's just a good book. Uh, and she's, uh, and you guys would know she's chasing that that writing bug ever since she's constantly scribbling something in one of her notebooks, constantly writing stuff down. I love it. You were like a scandalous romance novel, and I was like space raptor butt invasion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it the first be, tingler. <laughs> it might be a little gay. We don't know. If any of you haven't checked out Chuck Tingle, check out Chuck Tingle. He's a delightful human being. Is that his Chuck first Tangle. book? That's the first Hugo Award nominated book. Uh, okay. Okay. Wow. Oh geez. Oh geez. We're all out of pronouns. Oh geez. If you ever want, and there's a whole story behind that Hugo Award nomination. It's definitely worth like the internet dive. Uh, honestly, if you ever want a good time, just like look at Chuck Tangle book covers. Like it's yes. just fun. Mm-hmm. The wise man's butt. That's my favorite. Neil Gaiman and Patrick Rothfuss were like it was a thing that was born on Twitter in conversation with Chuck Tingle, uh, Neil Gaiman, and Patrick Rothfuss, and it was amazing. <laughs> Pardon, Chad is in a box she shouldn't be in. Oh dear, this Chaos. is not her box. As they do. All right, we've got a little bit of a background on each of our characters here. Uh, the final thing that characters must do is establish a relationship. Um. This is a relationship that you have with uh, each character, or you can you can your playbook has a couple recommendations for you. They're literally just examples. You can make up whatever you want. Um, the relationships are usually styled as in like an opinion of someone um, versus like uh, versus like a something like more tangible, like oh, this person makes my coffee or something you know it's a it's like an opinion of them or something i think this person is trustworthy i think this yeah like this person is trustworthy or this person is up to no good um and they person may or may not be true they're about perception um the relationships can be related to some sort of encounter or backstory how you have known the person before the society if you have known them before the society it is also perfectly fine to have not known any of these people before you joined the same semi-secret society you've all been in it for a few months now at least and you would be familiar with each other. You may have gone on a couple training missions together, um, shadowing one of the more senior members. There are monthly yeah. meetings at the Rose House every time. You've all interacted to some degree. Uh, so, so relationships. I would say like, so for instance, Rosalie and Cecilia know each other from artistic circles. I would say that she likes her a lot because there's another reason that we won't get into right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Troy and I had talked previously that we had a, a meeting. I would say that she, oh, yeah. I don't want to just say she likes Renal she, she probably like, probably feels a little bit protective of him. I feel she owes him something because she, um, she was being hassled by some moralists regarding her artwork. 
and uh, Ronaldo and June came in and, and kind of like big scary dogs scared them off because she was being pushed around and stuff. And so uh, she invited him in, shared some food and stuff with him and uh, made a collar for June uh, to protect her because Rosalie thinks she's a witch. Uh, and so made a protective collar for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there, so there is a couple other important pieces to that, Christian, that I just want to let the the sure. viewers know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that happened. Um, this was before either of us were in the society when this event yes. happened. And um, the event transpired like during a really bad storm where it was thundering and lightning. And um, Rosaline basically let Ronaldo take shelter in the in her modest little shop, it's, which is it's a very crappy um, art studio slash apartment. It's like one. <laughs> the front bedroom. of it is the studio. The back of it is where you sleep. <laughs> it's all the right. same. You sleep in the studio. There's nothing. Right. There's no like. Yeah, it's it's as shitty as you could possibly imagine it. Yeah. So so during that so during that encounter while he was waiting out the storm. Um, he drew a picture um, using Rosaline's supplies yeah. of a butterfly, and he gave it to Rosaline. Um, and then, she, sorry, Rosalie. Rosalie. And then yeah, uh, she gave him oh, a collar for June. Um, so, yes, that was the other important part I wanted to mention. I would say, because uh, I'm, I'm just going to do all of mine and then we can talk. Uh, I don't trust you, Riley. That's fine. <laughs> I you don't smell like Riley. a cop. <laughs> he's, he's investigating something. He's not saying what. I don't like that. I don't like you. Uh, the only one I don't know is, is Nora. So what are you thinking, Jess? Um, I don't know. Nora's, um, she's kind of a nervous person. Uh, she practices her magic a lot, but she's kind of, cl- she's clumsy. She's like a clumsy person now. Um, she's a little suspicious too, I guess. I don't know. So do you do like stage magic that you practice or are you practicing like stage magic? Yes, I do stage magic. Um, I haven't been able to do a successful trick. So if you ask her to do one, she will try, but like drop things on the ground and not pull a rabbit out of the together. Yes. (laughs) Rabbit jumps away. Just laugh nervously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Sort of. hmm. Nothing really. Um, She's also a starving artist, I will say too. Like she does not have a dime to her name. Meta-wise, I don't know who would know this with the rumors too. Her accident at her theater, she sawed someone in half, but like for real. I I, I figured that what what it was. I was going to make the joke. I was like, just uh, it's like sh- a couple people died. I was like, yeah, I saw 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 the wrong part of Amber's the box. idea. Got actually, <laughs> I was how, like, I need um, people to die. How long ago was that, Jess? Uh probably. Like six, less than a year, maybe six to eight months. I think that probably would have been in the newspapers. Yes, so, it was in the papers. Yeah, she would, was I a fairly well-known stage magician and accidentally sawed someone in half. <laughs> I would think have been out of the institution by then, so she probably has heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Jess, would you be cool with Cecilia that's having been at that show? She took all the money out of it. Happened. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally fine. Yeah, Cecilia knows of Nora because she was at that show. They didn't meet personally, but she saw that mm-hmm. happen. Hell yeah. I was pretty grateful for that. Just, you know, all the other tricks were great. I'm actually going to think that Rosalie is oddly fascinated by the fact that you killed someone a bunch of, in front of a bunch of people. I could so see she's, that. <laughs> she's fascinated by you. That's what I I'm going to go by. I could see that. Yeah. And Nora does not want to talk about 
yeah she's always like what did you feel what happened was it like did he scream was there blood did you get the blood like she's always asking like uncomfortable questions what color about, was it what did their yeah. eyes look like in the moment before the soul left yeah, that like, is my first relationship did i know they were dying I'm comfortable with rosalie <laughs> so i i also want to say because about six months ago uh would have been when riley first got to to london uh and i i kind of want to say that he was also at that show Ooh, everybody like, saw it. Town. <laughs> let's go see a show. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like, yeah, okay. Like I have some time to before I have to get to where I'm staying and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Oh, let's check check out this uh the show. They don't have that back home. And it's just like, oh shit. And <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> he's, like, he's like the Irish guy's like fucking crazy British people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because uh, of his just like background, able to notice the small things. Uh, before you disappeared, I kind of want to put out that uh, Riley had, if if you didn't just like vanish off oh, the stage. I was going to say, Riley might actually know this because like, so she didn't actually disappear. It's yeah. like the rumors are that she disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, no, fell no, out no. of the spot. I yes, couldn't yes, get yes. a job. Yes, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but but like but like before you like disappeared off yeah. the scene yeah. type of thing. Like uh or or maybe you uh you didn't know at the time, but Riley may have saw something that proved your innocence. Ooh, okay. I'm okay with that too. We can talk. And that can come up uh, at some point later and like maybe our first meeting and be like, oh, hey, you're that. So on and so forth. And it's like, it's like, that's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, like, I, I, I noticed something. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but maybe like th- this seemed out of whack type of thing. Nope. Amber has an idea. I have an idea. I'm going to type it in the chat just in case it's something you want to keep secret, Jess. For now, let me see here. Where are you? Does Cecilia mention anything to Nora in their time ish? Uh, probably okay. not. Okay. Mostly because, especially if she sees anyone else do it, she's just like, mm, this is not a we talk about. She'll yeah, probably, she'll probably talk to her about her magic because it, Cecilia is always looking for inspiration, but she probably won't bring up that she saw you kill a guy. <laughs> but that's okay. Here's Rosalie's like, what was it like? Exactly. Yeah, she probably you, saw Rosalie do that. It's like, in half. did you hear voices before you did it? Like, <laughs> how did people react to it? Yeah, she's always asking you just weird questions about it. So, so everyone knows. <laughs> I can't even yeah. hide it. Everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but Rosalie thinks it's cool. Yeah, and so Cecilia's like watches those okay two talk, and she's like, "Then she doesn't want to talk about this. I'm not going to ask." <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm okay with that. Do you want me to say that out loud, Kent, or do you want me to message him it? Uh, uh, message me it. Message me it. Oh, it's it's vague enough. Either way is fine. Either way is fine. I th- I think you can say it out loud. Okay. Yeah. So uh. She disappeared from the public light and performing uh, scene after the terrible accident. Uh, what you're saying about maybe having seen something on stage, mm-hmm. I think it may be a better fit if you have actually seen one of the two or three performances she did afterward. Uh, it's not well known because she could only get into very small dive venues, but she has performed since the terrible accident. Mm-hmm. And the performances were very different and something may have caught your eye 
that led you to, you know, perhaps invite Lorelai to come and watch the next one with you. And now Eleanor is in the society. Hmm. Those performances were unusual. She stopped performing after just one or two of them. Hmm. Maybe three. Okay. If you're interested in that, Jess can share a few more details about what it was that you noticed. Uh, that would be private. But they they were unusual. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that could that like would switch our uh our like time. And that way you may have had the... a hand in her recruitment in that you mentioned something to one of the senior members who then checked her out and now yeah. sure enough, she is here with you. It could, yeah. It could yeah, that later. still could have been like six months ago. Yeah, it, it could have been, been like eight months ago, and then yeah, it it could have been like the uh, the accident, and then like it's like oh yeah, uh, I didn't know about the accident, but oh, you could have been at the accident show, and then when you found out, just with ear to the ground, that holy shit, I can't believe she's performing again. No, I I, I kind of like the I kind of like the uh, we're both. Uh, it happened before Riley arrived, mm. and, and then, then he he went to a show unbeknownst to the to the rumors, but he. Being in the crowd, being like, oh, this is the uh, magician who saw that person in half. Do you think yeah. they're going to do it again? Oh, I'm never going to be known. And then you saw something that was unusual and extraordinary in a very different way than sawing someone in half was that you were like, oh, yes. shit. Yes. Okay. I like that. I like it, too. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, for for um. For Ronaldo's uh, relationships, I just kind of tried to word them almost almost like the kind of oh, like did a we skip around on Jess? Jess, did you finish yours? Uh, I, I didn't, but I don't really have. Oh, no. Word. I don't go think, ahead. I'm not doing all of mine now. I don't have. Oh, OK, so go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Somebody who has more than. Jess. Yeah, go ahead. Try. Um, So I've just I tried to word them almost like a Bluebeard's Bride, sort of, is what I was thinking of. Um, hmm. But yeah, I, mean, we'll, I love we'll that just, game. We'll just see what happens. So, and um, to the GM, Cecilia's <laughs> Cecilia's words are powerful for those who will listen. Nice. Riley is kind, but his eyes are judging, and June doesn't like him. I feel safe around Rosaline or Rosalie. Sucker. Nora's <laughs> biggest disappearing act is her sense of self. I hope she finds it. Oh, that's true. Shit, that actually sounds like it's a good fit, knowing what she's yeah. going through. <laughs> yeah. Like it. Bye. That's what I got. Shit. Shit. Hmm. All right, who's got other ones? And this can be a conversation, too, if you've not yet filled them out. This is one of the more yeah. collaborative parts of the I, I want to... I, I definitely want to talk to Christian about uh, Rosalie not uh, liking Riley, and maybe oh, it's because m- maybe it's because it, uh, he noticed something that others usually overlook. Flies, bro. So uh, we can go with that. Um, yeah. What What are you thinking? Let me Let me ask you what so, you're thinking, and I'll, I'll give you so some input. Yeah. So I, I'm not 100. Uh, sure with uh rosalie's character but like maybe it was he has a uh because i think you kind of alluded to this uh beforehand that maybe he kind of knows uh about your dark secret 
Yeah. So let's say or ha- um, has like kind of it started to hone in on it. So I think that I think we can leave up to Amber because Amber knows what my dark secret is. I don't know what you're looking for because I don't know what yours is. They but... are very closely related. Okay. <laughs> oh. They can they can certainly be very related. So I think it makes sense that Riley, knowing his dark secret and why he is in vet and what he is specifically hunting for right now, would have your said trail, Rosalie. Um, yeah, so that and she I think the that, specific question like, yeah. that he yeah. is asking of you is where did you go, Rosalie? Mm. When you disappeared for six days, Riley, mm. uh, uh, part, that bloodhound part of you mm. that you have had mm. to cultivate really, really wants to know where Rosalie went. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. So it's he he's trying to dig into your past that you don't want to find more about that because yeah. you've got you've got a feeling you have caught a scent. Yes, Riley? Mm-hmm. that's fair. And Rosalie spends is as far from you as possible at all times. Yep. Mm. I'm I'm thinking the same thing about Nora. Like Nora doesn't want to talk about her like her past and specifically those shows that Riley has seen. Mm-hmm. So she... I, I, he only saw the first show after the uh, the yeah, accident. That first show. <laughs> So uh, well, she kind of avoids you too. That's fine. That's fair. Like, it, it... <laughs> it's like, don't talk to the fucking cops. He's like, I'm not a cop. I'm a bartender. <laughs> We're all like, fuck you, Vig. <laughs> My passion is music. <laughs> it's like I play the fiddle. <laughs> Flute, actually. Oh, oh I, actually, it. I I play the fiddle. Jam sesh. Oh, we could play music together. So, so I, I was thinking oh, about trusted each other. I know. If only we trusted each other someday <laughs> in the future, maybe. I, I was thinking about like Riley's backstory and like what he could have done. My first thing is like it's like because I did some research like County Clare. That's the the land of the O'Days. And land of the O'Days. <laughs> like that's where the county that they came from, type of thing. Like where their ancestral home is, and it's actually like the county of like uh irish like the uh, irish uh folklore music really uh it came from a lot of famous musicians came from there so i was like oh maybe he was like a uh a famous uh instrument maker and i was like no he's only 25 he can't be a famous instrument maker and then i was like oh maybe his family it's a family business as it tends to be Mm -hmm. and uh the your father your grandfather is a great craftsman of <laughs> I, and i i think the one of the things that i i thought of was uh it drove me down the road of like who was or who were uh famous musicians of the t- of this time and the one that popped out to me was the actually the uh the uh, the blind piper of uh igne in county clare i don't know uh that uh maybe uh not me not me, but my father or grandfather uh, made one of his fiddles. Nice. But. Y'all did so much more historical research than me. <laughs> this is amazing. I, I I just, I fell into a hole. I was like, what, what That's valid. can I do? And yeah, I was just no. like, yeah. Cecilia is, is vibes and one very specific concept alone. That's, that's mostly me too. <laughs> right. I got no history. I do have, I think I've finished the rest of mine. Um, I think that I am going to um, really respect Ronaldo and I, he has like, seems like he's traveled a lot and he's just learned like maybe tricks from around the world or just like tricks of trade and things that are just kind of 
more efficient. And I think she tries to learn and pick up on that to kind of help with her craft too. And I kind of think I might be a fangirl of Cecilia's book. Oh, that's so cute. Hell I should yeah. be like a total awkward fangirl of Cecilia's book. <sighs> oh, shit. I got to come up with a name for it before our next. Uh, yeah, we need a title. Before it's our next be very show. Victorian. I know. Ugh. I'll figure it out between now and then. All right. I think. Do you have any more, Sarah? Are you are um, you up for relationships? I I've only I really only have two. Um, That's fine. You can share those, and, and others was, can come organically. Exactly. It was the two we already knew. Where she knows of Nora because she was at the show. Uh, her and Rosalie yeah. run in the same art circles and other attache thing. Um, she's probably met Ronaldo Troy. I think we said like they met in like a library or over books at some point once uh but it was just like a kind of a, a passing chat i think i think yeah i think maybe uh i'm sure there's a library here yes um, rose house has a very nice library yeah I, I bet you've seen him there a lot reading and i mean so yeah there's a lot of libraries in london yeah yeah, so uh, she probably didn't meet Ronaldo or Riley until joining the society, since right. I think Cecilia was the first of all of the five of us to join. It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. I think so she said, watched yeah. everyone come in. Yeah. Yeah. Cecilia, are any of your fellow recent recruits, perhaps, would they make good inspiration for your next novel? Ooh. Ah. Something to think about. <laughs> yeah, I actually... Doggo. <laughs> well, I was going to say, actually, I think she's kind of curious about Riley because... As you like, say, like, who doesn't want to write a detective novel? <laughs> yeah, like, why is this guy here? Why does everyone try and avoid him? Like, what's his deal? <laughs> so if you're cool with that, Kent, she's curious, curious about, about Riley. a detective character. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so that that's actually a, a good thing because um, that that would be a very interesting thing because you're trying like I'm trying to talk to people about their past and you're trying to talk to me about mine and yeah. I'm having none of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, 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 I get to do the talking, not the yeah. asking, not you. Well, what? No, 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 not not even that. Like like he, you try to bring up his past and he like he like skirts around some certain things and he's like you ask if he has a family and it's like yes he he, he admits he has a family back no, home my family's back to, home where's home to... ireland ireland north or the other part of ireland, ireland. He, he'll get into the specifics of the <laughs> like the center and wool <laughs> but so when it comes to the specifics of his family his immediate family he kind of just kind of shuts down and He'll he'll be like, it's like, oh, yeah, I have a family back home. We try to ask more. And he's just like, I have a family back home. Perfect. Fantastic. Uh, Did I miss anything else in this character creation area? I think we're. I think that's everything. Possibly done. 
is there anything on your character sheet that strikes you as blank? <laughs> the next question. Insights um, and defects. That yeah, shouldn't be blank. <laughs> yeah, so insights and defects are things that you will have. Like, we're going to call it an opportunity to gain during gameplay. Um, insights and defects. <laughs> we're going to call it an opportunity. Insights and defects come from being critically injured, almost killed, but not quite dying. Uh, there when that is. happens, there is a small chance that you will gain a permanent insight or uh, defect. Um the defect comes from, you know, a crippling injury that is never going to heal. <laughs> the insight is uh, a quasi-supernatural insight or ability that you get as a result of your near-death experience. I like that a lot. It is it is yeah, big enough cool. in its nature that, it, like, if you're a religious person, you might think it is an angel. If you are a scientific person, you might think it is some part of your intuition that is coming from a million little details <laughs> that your brain is picking up that you don't fully understand sort of thing. It straddles that line between science and myth, uh, but they do have an interesting in-game effect. You might get a vision, a little precognizant vision at some point or something, um, and they're all slightly different. So that only comes from almost but not quite dying. <laughs> and only gotcha. possibly. Um, so damage, little overview of the game mechanics in this here. It is the dice pool system, as I have explained before. Um, there are certain bonuses. They will rarely nudge you more than one or two in any direction for like, you are surrounded by enemies. It is pitch black. Things like that um, can work against you versus advantageous things can give you a little bump in either direction there. Um but generally speaking, you are rolling your dice pool. You are trying to score at least one six. If the roll is not opposed, one six is almost always enough to be successful at something. Uh, once in a while, if something is extremely difficult or supernatural challenge, you might need more than one. But generally speaking, one success is going to do the trick for you. Uh, so you're just hoping to get a six in that pool anywhere. Um, when it is an opposed like is roll, they actually, they actually have the odds in the book of like the number of yes. dice you have. Yeah. And the odds are pretty good, and they get much better if you push a roll. So yeah. pushing is a mechanic that is available to you. Uh, if you roll and you don't like your results, either because you need more sixes uh, for whatever reason, or you did not roll any sixes, you can push. When you push, you re-roll all dice except for the sixes, um, and you can potentially score new or more successes. Uh, when you push, it does cost you. You automatically take a... What are they called? I'm running too many years zero condition. games. Condition. condition. Yes, you take a condition for pushing. Um, could the conditions serve as your health track in a way? You have mental and physical conditions, depending on if you are taking mental or um, physical stress and or damage. Uh, when you reach three in either of those categories, you become broken. Uh, broken is disabled and very near death, usually. Um, when you become broken, you roll for a critical injury. There is a table of critical injuries. They have to make sense. If I roll one that doesn't make sense, I will roll a different one. Um, but they run the gamut from like, oh, really bad laceration, sprained wrist, all the way to like crushed head, die instantly. <laughs> um, Damn, son. Uh, at least that, mm, let me check if there are any instant deaths in Basin. There are in a couple other Year Zero games. I think, they all some, have of the physicals, I I think, think some of the physical ones do. They're timed I, too, if I remember. They have within that, like, rounds, yeah. Time track. Yeah. Yes. Uh some of your some critical injuries are non-lethal, meaning they suck, they hurt, you are incapacitated still because of the injury. Um, but it is not going to kill you unless you are continued to be beat upon. Uh some injuries are uh deadly injuries. Uh they will either kill you instantly if they're the worst, or you will have a certain amount of time with which to receive first aid, or you will die from your injury. Uh that time can be anywhere from several days to rounds, depending on the severity of the injury. So uh don't get hurt 
<laughs> Nobody here is a doctor. I was just going to say, we have no healers in this group. I have one point in medicine, but my precision is two. Excellent. <laughs> wow. I'm old and arthritic. <laughs> but I do not have the skill. We used a doctor a lot when we played this at home. Yeah. yeah. Really our our home action. group also fought more than you probably should in medicine, but yes. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Sometimes not of our own accord. <laughs> Can't fair. That's a lot in our home. I was possessed once. Once? I could have but, three times. So can we talk about the fear uh yes, fear mechanics in this? Also a fear mechanic, which Kent is more familiar with than me because he has been a victim of it about one thousand times. Oh, I guess it wasn't <laughs> possessed. You were just like paralyzed uh, there's a fear mechanic encountering certain basins or um even just like terrible circumstances like if you come across a mass grave or something that is enough to evoke uh a fear roll um, i thought you said a mass rave hey in this time period yes that that would be Run. a fear check the, what's this oh, music speaking of sorry to go back really quickly when you're taking condition damage that that subtracts from your role pool yep yes uh anything that uh the condition is a your uh they're all different ones uh yeah if it's applicable like to your physical role if it's a physical condition you will take that penalty on your dice pool um same thing for the mental conditions and it makes a big difference uh the physical critical injuries also have um an additional penalty to you so say you get the one of the kindest critical injuries which is foot injury it is non-fatal there is no time limit on it the defect is limp its effect is agility minus one. Until your foot injury is healed, you have minus one to your agility score. Um, and they get worse uh, as the as the injuries become more severe. Um, right up until potentially getting uh, insights, which are uh, positive. They're fairly yeah. powerful, but they're very hard to get. I only remembered this because I remember rolling with a lot of negatives for fear rolls. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Um, fear rolls are a factor of the creature's fear rating or the event's fear rating. You roll against it using either logic or empathy. It is up to you how your character tries to justify, make sense of, or deal with the phenomenon you are facing, whether they try to rationalize it or respond in some sort of more empathic way to it. But you roll that ability? Mm, I believe cool. so. That's true. You Be get to choose. Yeah, you get to choose. You roll that ability pool, and you need to meet a certain number of successes equal to the creature's fear rating. I yes. believe I will yes. double check that before it comes into play. Um, that, it's no, relatively hard to pass. Um, right. That is usually and a roll that you will push on. The results of being feared are fairly severe. Yeah, you can freak out and start fighting your friends. You can just become catatonic and freeze and not do anything. Awesome uh, did that. And it has a time period of anywhere between one and six rounds. So if you freeze for six rounds. You might be facing chow. <laughs> um, those are when you face failure on a fear roll, it is usually worth pushing. Out of the I think three fear checks that we had to make in our home game, I failed all three. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh you can push yourself to the point of breaking. Um I don't know if Vason specifies that you can't die from pushing until broken in this, but I am going to steal that from mutant near zero. You can't die from breaking, uh, from pushing a roll and breaking from it. Um, but very helpful. Uh, that means you will do the thing, you make the jump, you land, you have wrecked yourself, you succeeded in the jump, you are broken, you're not going anywhere, but you did make the jump, or like you push so-and-so out of the way of the bullet, or whatever it is, you, with an extraordinary effort, have taken yourself out, but you accomplished the thing with your last breath or I, burst of effort. I think once you're broken, it says your your character is basically retired. Uh, no, broken is a condition you can gain and lose many times. 
Uh, broken oh. just means you are now incapacitated for the combat until you either die or are made unbroken with medicine or help or rest or something. I but, getcha. Okay. But you, I think you are right. There's like a certain number of, I think, defects or something that you yes. can oh, yeah. only get three. That's what Before it is. Before you uh, retire. I believe it, the number is three. Or go in. Or both. Or both, yeah. Porcano Los Dos. Traumas, right? Are they called traumas? I'm, no, I'm thinking of Blades in the Dark now. Yeah. That's Blades I, in the Dark. We're yeah. thinking of Blades in the Dark. I that's don't know what mechanic. it's called. We'll figure yeah. it out when we get there. It's fine. I think that's a different worry, game, guys. <laughs> no, I do remember reading it in this. There is something that makes you retire, but I don't remember what it is. Sorry. We'll get it. Hopefully okay. we don't get there. Yeah, yeah hopefully yeah. we won't get and there. If we do, we do. Whatever. We'll make a new character. Giving them just unprocessable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That could happen, say, if you get a critical uh, mental injury that does not kill you or anything, but you like you can no longer do this. <laughs> um, that is a uh, fatal. Uh, it's called chronic when it's a mental injury. If you get a chronic mental injury, that means if you do not fix your issue in the amount of time, you can no longer do what you do. You must leave the society. You have become broken in some way permanently. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that is a little lowdown on how those mechanics work. Are there any other important mechanics that I should mention? Um, uh, you have two actions. Uh, you have a regular action and a quick action, essentially. Yeah, is they, this they like call a them slow action things. and a quick action, I think they call Yeah, them? you have like a slow yeah. action and a quick action. A slow action is like your standard action. That is, if you are making a skill check, it's usually a slow action. If you are attacking, firing a weapon, something like that. Uh, your quick action is usually moving, interacting with an object, um, or I think you can defend with either in this one. The fight rules are different in every year zero game by Free League I have looked at. So uh, before we get a fight, I will double check that. But you do have to um, reserve an action to defend against other actions. So if like you use up all your actions and you get attacked, you have no more time to defend. You have been doing two things. You have been distracted. You're just going to get hit. Uh, So there is a little bit of balancing and reserving actions when you think you might need to defend versus when you want to act. Um, sixes in combat are and in certain skills are used for extra or additional successes. So you usually only need one to succeed. Um, if you get extras, you get to succeed with like a bonus or something. And under each skill, it gives you an example. Um, is there move in this one or is that only a mutant? That's a mutant. That's a mutant. <laughs> this, there's too a, many years zero games. Agility. I really started doing this the wrong time, y'all. There's agility in this game. Let me find an example. Let's just look at a random skill and tell you. So ranged combat. Uh, by rolling more successes than required, you can increase your damage by one. You can outmaneuver your enemy exchanging initiative cards. You can stress your enemy. Attack causes mental conditions rather than physical ones. Uh, push the en- enemy into another zone or a specific part of the zone you are in. Uh, make them drop their weapon or item, picking it up during combat requires a fast action. Yeah, so there are like extra things you can do in addition to the success, or you can modify your success in some way if you get extra sixes on a lot of skills and actions. Um, Observation, every additional success you get on your observation test gives you a plus one bonus to a test where that information is useful to you in the future. So you know, like, oh, wow, I got a shit ton of observation on this specific detail, and you're like, oh, I can apply this to this situation. I'm going to get plus two or whatever. Um, So that is how those work do you also want to talk about advantages uh you have the opportunity to get an advantage um before each mystery uh there is sort of phases to each investigation um in the 
uh, inciting incident phase, you are usually somewhere near uh, your base, which is the Rose House in this case. You have the opportunity to prepare for the adventure ahead. You describe what you are doing to help you prepare. And then at some point during the mystery, when your preparations suddenly prove useful, you get a plus two. You do that once per mystery. And uh, you can describe how you're preparing using any skill uh, that makes sense to you. So that is a plus two on the skill you used to prepare specifically. So if you were um, practicing fencing because you think you're going to, you might be going to a place where you're going to need to scrap or something, uh, you will get a plus two on close combat when your fencing skills are relevant during the adventure. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. If you were reading up on this particular tome of uh, like folk tales and uh, anthropological notes and stuff about the people of this region that you are traveling to, and you're going to use some sort of empathy or something test to, because your familiarity is going to help you communicate with them, you'll get plus two on that. Uh, you have to specify, and you cannot do the same skill twice in a row. So next mystery, you will have to do some other skill. Uh, and then you can do the first one again. That is advantages. Uh, the castle building minigame involved in Vasid is a little less important in Mythic Ireland and Britain because, like, kind of Rose House is more put together than uh, Castle Gillenkrutz. Uh, but we will engage in a little bit of the minigame building. So oh. between adventures, you'll have an opportunity to sort of develop the Rose House more. Rose House is a completed structure with lots of neighbors and stuff, so it's just kind of making new sections of Rose House that maybe have been off-limits to new recruits available to you. Um, and you get to, like, build different rooms and features and stuff, or we're like, hey, and, and pretty that, cool. this was here That's the whole cool. time, and it's just sort of like, oh, there was a butterfly garden here the whole time that we've never <laughs> mentioned before, but now you're visiting it for the first time because you have bought it in the meta mini-building game. Yeah, cool. in, the main, I love it. in the main core basin, you're basically building the society from scratch, so you're kind of building the house and adding all of its features. Yeah, you're, like, you're... in a dilapidated fucking castle, like, repairing yeah. it and finding hidden rooms and shit. As you're growing the society and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, at the end of the session, you get skill points equal to you answer some questions and you get a skill point for each question you can answer yes to. Uh, it costs five skill points to purchase an upgrade. That is either a new talent or a new rank in a skill. Pretty simple. And when she says skill points, she means experience I points. Think. Have I missed anything, Jess? I think that's everything. Kent? <laughs> Um, so, uh, there are all kinds of special rules for special situations and stuff we will look at as needed. If somebody falls off of a cliff, I will look up falling rules. If somebody drinks poison, I will look up poison rules. If somebody catches on fire, I will look up catching on fire rules. <laughs> yeah, there's like holding and wrestling, fleeing yeah. and chasing, ambush yeah. and sneaking. It's, yeah. it's all special contextual rules. Yeah. Uh, I know, uh, Doc Boyd had uh, kind of said, because I, I had said push an enemy into another zone during combat. Uh, there are what three zones? I think it's close, near, and uh, and far or along. There's like I think there are four. I think there, there are four. Are, there are a few zones. There's like four-ish zones. Uh, distance and movement is abstract in this game. It's meant to be played theater of the mind. So rather than having a certain movement speed and number of feet, you just sort of describe which zone your character is in and which zone you are moving to your target. So uh, if you are in melee range, that's like touch range. Um, and then there's like a few steps away range and then there's like you're in the same room sort of range and then there's like you are moving from location a to location b significant movement must occur range um mm -hmm. your fast action can be used to move one zone easily i think two zones might take your fast and your slow or something like that there's a form yeah i think that's it. what it is yeah i think that's exactly what it is so if you're like i'm in the tavern right here 
tavern, the tavern itself is probably like the medium range. If you want to leave the tavern to go into the yard or somewhere else, that is long range. It's going to take you two actions to clear the building and get out there. It's meant to not slow down the game and bog it down with things. You know, you're in the same room with somebody in a fight. You're the person right next to you is at that touch range. Everybody else is at that close range sort of thing. Um, And that is all. That matters really for understanding that. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I think that is the crunchy info dump here. Um, anybody else have any questions, comments, or concerns? Nope. All right, folks, let's rock. Let's do an opening scene or two. It is June in London. Yay! London, <laughs> yeah, it is June in London. Summer in London means different things for different people. For the high class and high society, it means... Elegant strolls in well-manicured parks, fine perfumes, parties, ball gowns, mm. fine imports. For the have-nots, it means the stinking stench of the Thames uh, and the low gutters sweltering and rotting in the heat. Uh, for you fine folks who have recently been recruited into the society, uh, this will be your first summer serving there. Um, some of you may have been recruited at the end of the summer before, but it's your first June. Um, so what June means to you is full of potential and uh, and new possibilities. Um, you are familiar with the Rose House. You have been to several meetings at the Society there. Uh, Rose House does have guest rooms, but you are all probably usually staying in your own abodes and whatnot. You do meet for the monthly meetings, though, where you meet with your recruiters, other members of the Society, visiting members, uh, sometimes even experts and friends of the Society come in to consult on things. Um, the Rose House is sort of the central hub of the Apollonian Society, which you are now proud, if quiet, members of. The Apollonian Society is dedicated to investigating all of the mysteries and things that go bump in the night in order to understand and better protect humanity from them. You are the select few. You not only possess the site, but you have been observed by highly skilled professionals who have seen something in you and deemed you worthy of joining this prestigious order. Up until now, you've shadowed other more senior members of the society, you've joined them or assisted them on various investigations, sometimes with something as simple as research in the library on topics they've requested. At other times, perhaps traveling to some of the nearby counties and things outside of London to look into a mysterious goings-on. Uh, you've never led an investigation yourselves, though, nor have you uh, turned up the scent of one. These things have been brought to you, and you've been asked to assist as the more senior members see fit. The Rose House is constantly in and out traffic. There are many members of the society. You're not actually sure how many, um, but you're still seeing new faces once in a while. Many members don't stay in London long. They spend many months outside of it. So a new face turns up but only for you to find out this person has been overseas for six months looking into something. Um, so that's not that unusual. So the most common faces you've been seeing are each other. None of you have left London for very long in this past year. You've been sort of in and around the main house. Uh, today is an unusual day. Today is the day of a funeral. One of the members of the society, someone who you know and have met several times, perhaps even assisted with or have been recruited by, has passed away overseas and his body was recently returned to his awaiting family here. His name is Arthur Williams. He was a brigadier in the British Army. 
uh, member of the society, eight, nine, ten years, um, and one of the more adventurous souls. He's traveled overseas many times, probably more than anybody else you're familiar with in the society. Uh, he has friends all over the world. He was assisting assisting one such friend, uh, Bjorn Christensen, in Sweden uh, on a mission when he was killed. The details about the mission are very hush-hush. You're not sure what he was investigating, just that he was investigating something, and clearly it was dangerous. Uh, you're not even sure if his death was related to something supernatural or a freak accident. All you know is that none of you have been permitted to see the body, and it is closed casket. His brother Oswald is distraught, to say the least. And most of the members of the society at this time are actually out on missions. There's only a few that are residing in London and Lowe's house and in uh, the Rose House right now. Um, and they're all attending this funeral. So you've all received invitations to the funeral, whether they were personal or written letters. Uh, you have the date. You have the time. You understand the dress requirements. Um, and it is a rainy summer day on the day of Arthur Williams' funeral. And uh, we will open up with your sort of pre-funeral scene. How are you getting ready for this? I'll go first. Uh, so um, Rosalie received the letter. Uh, thank you. Uh, she saw um, the dress requirements and she kind of sighed. <laughs> Uh, because she doesn't have money much in the way of other dresses or clothes or anything. Well, she grew up with that, but she doesn't have that stuff anymore. Fortunately, she really likes black. Uh, so she has a black dress and a black shawl, uh, because that's pretty much what she wears all the time anyway. Uh, so she's making her doing her best to, uh, get it clean, uh, at least, uh, which is, um, as much as possible. There's still some little flecks of paint and stuff. So she's very busy getting ready in her studio, which is, um, I would probably say like in the second floor of a tenement down in like the Whitechapel area. Um, it's very cold and drafty in the winter. So she's happy that June is here because she's finally getting to be able to be like a little warm uh, without having to spend money on coal. Uh, her workspace and her where she lives is very, very cluttered. Uh, there are all sorts of like sketches and drawings of um, different scandalous and obscene and profane things uh, throughout Um so she probably has an easel with a painting that she's been working on set up and she's kind of like trying to like get around that as she gets her shawl around and she's making sure that she doesn't have any paint or, or any clothes or anything like any paint or anything uh, on her clothes. Uh, and then she kind of dashes out the door. As she dashes out the door, the landlord, uh, Mr. I need a fucking English name, Mr. Ludwig. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Ludwig. Because you know what? A lot of like foreigners lived in that area of London at that time. So Ludwig could be a guy who lived there. Uh, he, he, um, what a he, callback. Yeah. Ludwig uh, shows up asking for the rent. Uh, <laughs> and she's just Naturally. like, oh, right. Of course. Um, It's, uh, yes. Well, just a little bit of uh, an issue with the painting, but I'll have you, I'm sorry, I turned it, sorry, I have to go. And she kind of just like brushes past him and uh, escapes him before he can like pin her down as a time he's going to actually, she's going to actually pay the rent. And she's just off into the crowd, crowded streets of, of Whitechapel before he can find her. Man, uh, Eleanor is probably <laughs> having a similar problem. She has sold all of her really nice things. She only has a few like really nice um, costumes left and she's looking through her wardrobe she actually probably lives in a very similar area as like a poor starving artist uh 
probably on the bottom floor of something, unless those are usually shops. I'm not sure, but uh, no, no. Uh, sometimes depends on the place, but yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, she's just kind of sighing, looking for something kind of plain and drab to wear, kind of her best. Um, she's getting dressed. Uh, she feeds her little pet before she heads out. Heads that way, nervously. Uh, Cecilia, who actually just does own a, it's essentially a morning dress. It's a black dress, but it, it makes enough sense. Um, and she's mostly, that's not a problem. That's set. That's clean. She's mostly just making sure she has all her things. She has her, uh, bag on her all the time and make sure she's got everything in there. Um, and she makes sure to grab a couple, um, extra handkerchiefs cause, uh, she, she's friendly with Oswald, who is, um, you know, Arthur's younger brother, and she knows he's a mess, and so she wants to <laughs> be able to give him a hanky to kind of help him out. Because, um, you know, poor guy. Um, make sure her kind of, um, you know, writing stuff is in there, her, uh, you know, pencils, all of that. Um, and uh, umbrella, period. Of, uh, am I crazy? Yes. Yeah, yes, she would have an umbrella. She she pops the umbrella shoot. and uh, make, makes her way out of her. Her she probably lives like on the outskirts of London. It's a small house, but it's a house and it's hers. That uh, starts making her way through the town. I think Ronaldo is. Um, I guess how how many days notice did we have? since we received the invitation up until the funeral? Um, probably at least a week. A the week? The body has shipped from overseas. Uh, so there, right. it was not a rush job, let us say. Sure. Okay. So I guess uh, the scene opens and um, Ronaldo is uh, wearing just some regular trousers and kind of a little bit of a tattered, worn shirt. And it's just completely saturated with sweat. And um, he is doing some form of heavy manual labor. Um, maybe he's working a quarry or doing some laying some brick or something of an appropriate unloading, nature. Unloading ships on uh, crates on a dock. Just heavy <laughs> okay, hauling. perfect. Yep. Cargo. So he it shows him and he's unloading crates at the dock. And um, he's a tall man. Uh, despite his age, his back is a little hunched, but he stands six feet tall. So he was probably taller in his youth. Um, and he seems to be keeping up pretty well with everybody else. Um, he sets down a large kind of heavy crate, um, and sets it down and leans on it. And he looks over at June and she's just sitting there quietly watching him as he's working. And he says, he says, well, uh, I guess that just about does it here. Let's go, uh, let's go get our pay. and." And go get that, and go get that nice jacket. Right. For uh, for Riley, he probably for the first couple of months uh, in London before he was recruited, he probably stayed at a a local thing. Like he came over with very. Few at a rooming house or hostel sort rooming of thing. House, or horse, house hostel and thing like he he came over with like pretty much what he was wearing maybe a heavier coat 
from the for the time that he came over. Wow. Uh, so he, by now he's probably taken up residence in the uh, Rose House. All right. So at this time, like being he doesn't have much of uh, extra clothing, he's going to ask the uh, the butler, uh, Mister Hawkins, there if uh, if there's anything that uh, the house could spare for this mournful time. Yes, certainly, Mr. OJ. I, there are several garments that I think might fit your your stature. Let me let me take a look. I'll bring them to your room. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I will wait. And I think he's in, in the time he's going to wait. Like I, I said, uh, Riley's a bit of a musician and thing. He has a uh, he has a tin whistle that he does did he did bring over with him. So he's probably gonna tin whistle tin whistle. Irish tin whistle. Gorgeous. Love it. He's gonna he's gonna play a so a little uh slow mournful uh song on that while he waits. Um Mr. Hawkins is back in six minutes. He knows exactly where the items that he was thinking of were. Um Ellis Hawkins is the butler of Rose House. Uh, in your time that you have known him, he has been nothing but polite, efficient, perhaps a little reserved, uh, but he knows every single corner of this house, like the back of his hands. He handles all of the paperwork, the correspondence, um, everything with complete efficiency. He also serves as the Rose House librarian. He knows, you're pretty sure, every book in that library, and it is it is a substantial library. Um so he wears many hats in Rose House, and he wears each one very well. Uh, he's back in six minutes with three different uh, suits, all of them an appropriate funeral black. Um, they're all pressed, uh, neat, clean, ready to go. Um, and he hands them over to you, and he says, uh, brings me no joy to say that, unfortunately, the Rose House does have quite a collection of funeral black. But whichever one you like. And Thank you. you Thank you, Mr. Hawkins. He'll uh he'll he'll take his time uh picking out something uh for the funeral, being that uh uh Oswald was the one that brought Riley into the society. Uh, Arthur. 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 Oh, yes. was it Arthur? No, I thought it was Oswald. Oswald is Arthur's brother. brother. Oh, yes, uh, sorry. Oswald brought uh Cecilia in. Cause ah. nerd squad. Nerd squad. Nerd, nerd squad. Nerd squad. He's the mixed fucking up history the names. Yeah. professor. Yeah. Of course True. he's the one that brought Celia in. Arthur was the one that, yes, Arthur, the man who has passed, brought Riley into the society. So be, him being his mentor, probably the one who knows what or knew what Riley was uh, looking for in the first place. Uh, the one he probably felt closest to in the society so far. Hmm. Uh and even in the short time that you knew Arthur, the few months here that you since your recruitment and while you were training with him, um, you felt like you got to know him very well. Arthur wore everything on his sleeve. He was uh, he's a brigadier in the British Army. He was well loved by his men. You had the occasion to go out, you know, to a few bars drinking with some of his men. Uh, mm -hmm. And you could tell that there was no loss of affection there between them. Um, he was very outgoing, uh, bold, loud, but not really in an obnoxious way. Um, and uh, despite that kind of outward uh, noise and uh, boldness, 
He was very astute also. He had an eye for things. And if you were a less astute person, it's easy to miss and think of him as, you know, that typical rowdy soldier type. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was a smart man. He was clever and he could read people well. And that's what drew him to you, as a matter of fact. Um, He'd perhaps frequented the same bar you'd frequented at a time, getting your meals um, on the run, having no kitchen to prepare when you first came to London. Mm -hmm. And there was something about the look of you that had Arthur sit down next to you at the bar one day. And get to talking. He's very, he was very easy to talk to. Um, but Arthur could always tell the look of a man who was looking to make amends for something. And over time, you opened up to him a little bit. Uh, Arthur once in a while had some odd jobs and you needed cash. You were able to assist with. Um, and you quickly proved yourself capable to Arthur and you had seen his own capabilities too. Uh, some of the jobs are strange. Some of the jobs are jobs that, you know, the police won't touch sort mm-hmm. of things, but it was your kind of strange. And sort of without even discussing it in the open, you came to understand that you had similar experiences in some ways. You were looking at the side of the world that sits in the dark, mostly uh, the side of the world that gets laughed at for superstition here or there. And after a few weeks, these odd jobs getting, you know, more and more frequent here, more and more intense, eventually things happening that you, if you were a normal person, you would be desperate to explain. Um, but your own experiences led you to believe that you kind of already had part of that explanation. And so did Arthur. Uh, he invited you to a meeting at the Rose House. And you came to understand his involvement in the society, the existence of the society this bright, shiny opportunity that was exactly what you need in this in this desperate time after searching for tiny, pitiful leads for so long. So you jumped at the chance to join when the hand was offered to you. And from there, the whole world opened up, the library, the stories from the others, the experiences, the encounters, some of which are so wild, so impossible that even you had struggled to believe with your own experiences. But what choice did you have having seen what you've seen yourself? Uh, through that whole way, Arthur was there for you. He was there to talk, there to reconcile, there to just sit with in the quiet sometimes, knowing without explaining. Um, he had become a friend in this strange metropolitan city, so different from the County Clare that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and those of you who have had perhaps less uh, less time with Arthur knew him to be the same. He was who he was at all times, heart on his sleeve. There's something about his simplicity, his purity that you will miss greatly. Okay. And that was the last. So you all arrive by your various means, whether on foot, by cheap rented coach, um, or perhaps charity from a friend dropping a lift at the cemetery for the funeral. Uh, does anybody arrive late? You all arrive on time with the due respect Actually, deserved. Actually, might arrive a little late. A little bit <laughs> Just late. Just because society, this is a society leftover thing with her. She arrives a little late. We live in a society. All right. So, uh, the cemetery is drizzling. There are black umbrellas open. There's no missing the site. Um, you can tell by the black umbrellas and the sharp military uniforms um, 
Arthur did not die on active duty. He was on leave and abroad assisting a friend um, when he came to his unfortunate fate. But he was well respected and had been and had earned several military titles during his time in the British Army. And his men in his army are here for him in this moment. There's a sort of stark divide. You can tell every one of the military boys from the citizens, from the society members who are also in attendance. Uh, they stand on different sides of the funeral site. Um, but all of them stand somberly. The military men with a stoic composure. The society members and the few sort of outside friends, perhaps weeping softly, looking grim, brows pinched with pain. Oswald is there, his Arthur's younger brother. Um, he's standing next to Lorelai, another member of the society. Um, his fists are tightly clenched, trembling a little bit, and it's all he can do to keep his expression straight to keep the tears from flowing. And Lorelai's standing close, perhaps closer than she usually stands to Oswald, um, almost protectively. Uh, the Countess is also in attendance. Uh, she stands with a space around her, a birth of almost deference, um, a gap there. Her gowns are black, voluminous, wealthy. Those of you who are perhaps more learned in the finer ways of society, dated, though in good shape. They're of a style perhaps a few seasons ago. Uh, but she stands uh, regally, chin up, head held high. Countess Alma Harcourt, the uh, sort of unofficial leader of the society from what you have all gathered. Uh, there is no leader of the Apollonian society, but everyone pays deference to Alma. And she is the longest serving member of the Apollonian society that is alive today. Uh, in her 60s, she's very thin, severe cheekbones, sharp nose. Her hair is long and beautiful dove gray. It's plated up in intricate braids. Um, that shows the care she still puts into her parents. Um, but she is here for Arthur now, though she misses uh, more society meetings than not and doesn't go out on missions any longer. Uh, Lorelai Winchester stands next to Oswald in an almost protective stance. Um, she is an American from overseas, uh, was not born here, speaks with that funny accent. Uh, she's been a member of the society for about six years. Um oh. She's an heiress from the Winchester family. She came with some money, uh, though not a ton. Most of that is going to end up her sister Daisy's, as her sister has stayed behind in the States to care for their ailing aunt, Sarah Winchester. Uh, but she's come uh, here to the Apollonian Society seeking answers about the strange things her aunt has been saying in her age. And she's maybe found a few. That's cool. Fuck yeah. Mm. Uh, and then finally, there is Oswald, Arthur's brother. Um, he's smaller than Arthur in every way, both in uh, both in his uh, personality, presence, uh, form. Um, but Oswald has a sharp mind. Uh, everything. If you've ever struck up a conversation with Oswald about any of his areas of expertise and interest, of which there are many, he lights up. He becomes passionate the same way Arthur does when talking about his adventures. And in those moments, you can see that they are, bro that they are brothers. Uh, none of that is here in this moment now. He looks broken inside. They were close. Uh, but he is a uh, curator at the British Museum in the Natural History Collection. And he's also a professor at, at the University of London in archaeology and folklore. Uh, he's currently getting into botany quite a lot. Um, Perhaps it was he who picked out the flower arrangements for the funeral today. 
final member of the society here is Arthur Williams, the guest of honor. Closed casket with the Union flag draped across in military honors. Um, sitting there, uh, laid out in the cold, grim-looking ground. Um, the last time he will be here in the land of the living. You see this uh, procession gathered as you arrive, Rosalie. Uh, quick stepping there. They haven't started speaking yet, but everybody is in places and the uh, soldiers have sort of lined up, assumed the proper form for the military honors that they are about to uh, bestow upon Arthur. So <laughs> they perhaps delay a second or two longer as they see you hurrying to the funeral site before they get started. I, and, I, I, I didn't want to be like, noticed that much but i'm unhappy about that so i just kind of like <laughs> sidle in and like um as far away from riley as possible uh maybe i <laughs> see cecilia and just kind of like <laughs> yeah. settle settle in with her oh hi dear yeah she'll she'll move her, her umbrella over so that rosalie Aww. is also a little protected from the rain thank you yeah she's wet she did not she just had a yeah. fall yeah and she walked here because she has no money so we got them good cabs though yes we do, we do. <laughs> yes we yeah. fucking do there's a little bit of relief too. in that this crowd seems to be less interested in uh, judging you or watching your late arrival than perhaps the crowds that your family runs with, uh, Rosalie. They seem much more focused on each other or the coffin. A little more forgiving, perhaps. Um, but the military honors are conducted. He gets the whole thing, the the flag, the guns, the reverse rifle thing that they do in the UK. <laughs> um, me, I am not super familiar with the uh, British uh, military. As you are, honors. buddy. Yes, sir, buddy. Oh, no. But it is, uh, it is conducted with uh, precision and clip, um, and the soldiers pay their respects one by one. The flag is bestowed upon Oswald, his nearest living relative. And Oz uh, takes the flag and he just like holds it kind of limply by his side after nodding his respects. And the military departs after that. Um, Arthur's sort of civilian friends, his outside life, outside of his two private circles that he ran with, um, stay a little bit longer. Some of them speak, say a few words about Arthur, about how they met, about what he meant to them. Uh, some of them approach other members of the society, offer their condolences. They all offer their condolences to Oswald before one by one they depart as well. And then you're left here with your the Apollonian Society standing here. Arthur's first or second great love, depending on where you where you would place his priorities uh, in the world. Um, but you stand here, all dressed in various blacks, um, looking at the fresh turned earth. There was no priest officiating at Arthur's funeral. He didn't want one. The military honors, the words of his loved ones and his friends, that was enough to send him off. And you linger here, you who are perhaps more familiar with death and its mysteries than some. If there's anything anybody would like to say right now, Rosalie, you're just yeah, sitting in I that think... perfect moment of quiet. Rosalie will uh, offer her uh, condolences to Oswald. She'll walk over to him and then... Did you, oh, Cecilia, Cecilia, did you offer your condolences? We, uh, we spoke earlier. Oh, okay, well, I'm going. I, and she just go. walks over and, like, hand out. 
And he takes his hand and, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it takes him a moment to notice your hand. He's, uh, Oswald has uh, an astute and sharp mind and he seems very much somewhere else in this moment. Understandable. But when he, he catches it, he, he takes your hand and he, um, thank you. Um, I suppose it seems like he's not really gone yet. Expecting him to arrive late to his own party. At any moment with a story about something that caught him up. I know. I know. Well. So easy to imagine he's just away investigating something or on a mission. Well, in a way, he is investigating something, isn't he? Perhaps. Um... Oswald kind of looks around lost for a moment and he says, uh, well, uh, there's no need to uh, wait up on, on my behalf. Um, oh, right. Of course. Well, I just, I just wanted to express my condolences. So I will, um, leave you to it. Appreciate just, it. If there's anything you need, uh, no, let me know. He just sort of nods politely. <laughs> drawing of boobs. <laughs> drawing of boobs. You feel a drawing of boobs. Of boobs. <laughs> they would certainly have an impact on us. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> oh. God, it, it, we're getting all the good society flashbacks yes. in this game. <laughs> yes, Robert, them. bro. Yeah, yeah, that's all oh, I gosh. can think of. Right. That meme. How do you feel about nudity? Oh, fuck. Sorry. Uh, Lady Harcourt sort of clears her throat quietly and everybody looks toward her sort of right away and she says well everybody is here now I think it would be best for us all together at Rose House this evening we can share a few drinks a few stories and author's memory as is deserved and there's a bit of business we have to discuss and she kind of glances at Oswald when she says that and he just his mouth tightens a little bit. I'm gonna. Uh, Lorelai also shares that look. She seems to know whatever is okay. going on as well. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm gonna look around to see who knows like what it is she's referring to, but it seems like just those two. Yep, seems like all of the senior members here, of which there are three. <laughs> now that Arthur is no longer with you, it's not too often um, that uh, Robert um, holds on to. June's collar. Uh, he usually, or sorry, Ronaldo, um, got boobies on the brain. <laughs> Whatever uh, my name is. <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah, um, it's not too often that Ronaldo holds on to June's collar. Um, but during the ceremony, he was holding on to the collar. And Riley is someone who's such an astute observer. Um, you probably got the general air that he was. Um, Ronaldo was very conflicted. His his. If you looked at his knuckles, they were, you know, white gripping that collar, um, especially as the guns were going off during the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ronaldo um, has been kind of, for the most part, like motionless, hasn't said anything throughout the whole ceremony. Um, and he's going to walk over to the flowers um, that were arranged for the funeral or any of them. Does he identify any of them from being from a, a foreign land somewhere not not native to England. Perhaps a place he's familiar with. 
Uh, no, I don't think so. They're they're an assortment of lilies. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> he um mutters a few words softly um under his breath as he looks towards the grave, and then him and June will um take their leave. June lingers a moment. You kind of start to head and you're so used to her just following your movements without even needing to put any pressure on her collar or anything else. Um, mm-hmm. But you go to leave and she doesn't move with you right away. You give her a little tug and she sits a little longer. Um, she stares at the head marker. Like she sees something there. For a few I'll moments wait. longer than normal. Oh, wait. She, I, I don't rush her. And then she... uh rises and at your heels follows you do i see anything on the head marker of no uh, when she does that i'll take maybe i'll make a roll if it's appropriate but just arthur's name date of birth um the design at the top of the head marker is the sigil of the apollonian society but other than that gotcha. nothing more sounds good Uh, Countess Harcourt approaches the grave. Um, she clasps her hands and bows her head for a few moments in silence. What she's saying to Arthur now in this moment, you could only guess. And then she takes her leave as well. Um, before she goes, she says, six o'clock. And then she leaves to her waiting carriage. I used to have one of those. <laughs> It's pulled by two beautiful horses, by the way. <laughs> beautiful black horses. You miss it? God, even her carriage is funeral themed. Yeah. She's got money. She does. She has money. Those she has money. She horses. has a name. She's the last one who will have it. Um, no one else in Lady Harcourt's line yet lives. She is a dowager countess. And when she dies, the Harcourt line will die with her. What time is it now? Day, day, what uh, time of the day? It's probably three o'clock. You've got a good three hours to go time. about, do things, prepare, um, spend time alone if you want. Um, Lorelai sort of uh, leans in. Um, Oz says something that just sort of shakes his head a little bit. And then Lorelai leaves his side for the first time during the funeral. And she's like, all right, well, there's things to be done before the meeting and the dinner tonight. Let's um, get to it. And it is, it is clear to you that she's like, let's give us some time and space. <laughs> and she sort of sweeps you up under her her wings, her American eagle wings, <laughs> away from the grave. <laughs> to the wide arms of Patriot. And, uh, she walks with you toward the cemetery gates. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we're going to discuss this a little more at dinner, but no point in leaving you all in suspense and wondering. Oz and I are going to be leaving to Sweden. And I, uh, well, there's a mission for you. And I think you're ready. And she looks at you, Eleanor, when she says this. All of the other members are out right now, so nothing like a trial by fire. But by fire. Or ice. Details at dinner tonight. It will. It'll be fine. This is the worst of it, I'm sure. 
are the two of you going to be uh, joining Mr. Christensen? Where Arthur? All right. Yes. Um, it is ambiguous as to the naturalness of Arthur's death. And, well, there's nothing for, uh, there's nothing for grieving like the truth. Luther set you free. She sort of inclines her head toward you in agreement. I'll kill you. She says under her breath. <laughs> Some would say those are the same thing. True. Well, I'm Some would say if the truth should kill you, then you deserve to die. Well, she smiles a little bit. <laughs> you well, see, can also Cecilia... have a little bit of gallows humor. Yeah. You see Cecilia's hand reach for her bag, and then probably remembers that it's raining and pulls her hand back, just like, nope, don't write in the rain, don't write in the rain, don't write in the rain. Like, that was oh, cool. Oh, that's a good line. That's yeah, a good that line. Like, oh, that was really it. cool. Remember it. <laughs> it's raining. Rosalie sees it and goes, "Don't worry, darling. I'll just tell you later." Thank you. Well, I'm grateful to have your trust. I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine. Okay. So are um, all of us going? She side-eyes Riley as she <laughs> says that. Oh, yes. Lady Harcourt will be... <laughs> Lady Harcourt will take note of anyone who is not there, and she will be displeased. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean on the mission is, is what I mean. Yeah. I think so. It's like an all hands on deck. All right. You know... Five new recruits. It's got to be worth the weight of one, one and a half seniors. <laughs> Your confidence is truly overwhelming. I try. Uh, I will see you there. And she uh, kind of just lengthens her stride a bit and heads off in her own direction. Well, that leaves us with some time. Well, if anyone is in need of a quiet place with a fire, um, my cottage door will be open to the lot of you. That sounds wonderful. I'll come with you. <laughs> she knew exactly what the answer was going to be for us. Like, yeah. <laughs> All us fucking poor motherfuckers. <laughs> Warmth and shelter? Yes, please. Do you have tea? <laughs> it's like, does your house not leak? <laughs> Yeah, so she'll she will uh, walk back, leading anyone who wants to join her for 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 tea and a fireplace. Riley <laughs> will uh, Riley will politely uh, decline, and uh, oh, he'll say he he'll uh, he'll meet everyone back at the Rose House in a few hours or sooner. People show if up. You get, he's like, I live there right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nora will politely, she'll, she'll take that note too, and she'll politely decline as well, but I will see you all there. Safe travels. Um, they trust us. That's, let's prove them right. Ronaldo went for a walk, so he's not there. <laughs> yes. Ah, that's right. He and June left. Walking June. Walking the streets of London. In the raid. Ronaldo finds a quiet place to sit for a little while with June. And he uh, he takes out his his butterfly necklace and he holds it in his hands and closes his eyes for a long while. 
Anybody have any preparations or anything specific they wanted to do before the evening or shall we skip ahead to it? Mm-hmm. All right. You all arrive at the Rose House. Uh, assumedly in time to be on time for dinner, perhaps a little bit early. There's, you know, chatting and discussions and niceties that happen before these sorts of things. Uh, but the Rose House is a two-story building. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Sure, why not? Who's gonna uh, stop us? How, yeah, who's gonna Who's gonna stop us from making it a two-story building? How big was the society that was at the funeral? There were the three kind of head members, and and us, you guys. But like, was there a couple others or? Nope. The, oh. You're the only society members that were in attendance. Everybody else is out right now. I see. That's right. You did say this. Okay. Uh, they were out engaged with things or too far to make the funeral. I see. So we are holding down the fort basically while um, they go overseas. Okay. You are holding down the fort. Everyone's been here less than a year. Is this my work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, Surprise. The society is just a low budget fire station. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Me when I realize I'm one of the most like senior members of my job in the, on the office at one time. <laughs> oh boy! Rose House is a three-story stone building at Aldermanbury, not far from London Wall. Um, it has a it has a kind of gated courtyard that you pull into. Uh, half of the ground level is occupied by the coach house and stables, um, which are entered from the street through the arched double gate. The rest of the floor consists of kitchens and storerooms with a small cellar for wine and perishables. And Hawkins's uh, office and small bedroom are also on that ground floor there. Um, the stairs lead up to the first floor where the main activity of the house takes place. That's where the central lounge, which is furnished with sofas and armchairs, it leads to. Um, there's doors to the library on that side there, um, and the small museum on the other, uh, the dining room, uh, and eating facilities are there as well. Uh, the top floor is mostly devoted to, uh, bedrooms, which are made available to visiting members and or itinerant members. (laughs) Um, and it's called Rose House because of the beautiful round, uh, rose stained glass window that is centered above the door. The light shines in, um to the second floor uh, lounge area that the stairs emerge into. Uh, it's a very old building. Um, it burnt to the ground. Uh, great fire. It was 16, a great fire. Yep. Yeah. Burnt to the ground in 1666 and was rebuilt a couple years later. Wow. In the great year. fire. Six had a significance. Uh, talking about the Rose House and the great fire uh, that it survived, um, members like uh, Oswald or Lorelei, um, you know, when they have a drink or two in them, are happy to go off on history and whatnot. We'll have mentioned, you know, that the very strange thing about the burning of the Rose House was everything burnt to the ground except for the library. Rumor has it, like, not a single book was harmed in the fire. Was not there to observe it myself. Usually these things are, you know, sort of exaggerated, but still interesting bit of history. Uh, but you all arrive one by one at Rose House. Uh, Hawkins is there to take your coats um away to the little coat closet hang them up uh where they will dry in a way that does not damage the floors or leave unsightly puddles efficiency um and then lets you all know that like the others are waiting in the lounge okay 
you head up to the lounge, you can smell uh, the food that is being prepared. Smells like quite a spread um, from the scent of it. Those of you who have lived perhaps hungrier lives get a little bit of a rumble there at that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, must must not be too eager for the dinner here. This is, we are grieving. And uh, <laughs> grief and uh, perhaps an empty stomach are complimentary. Um, but in the lounge uh, right now, Lorelai and Oswald are there. Um, the Countess is not arrived yet. Um, but there are an assortment of tea has been served. There's various teas available. Um, there's some brandy. A uh, couple just little snacky things. Um, but Oswald and Lorelai are lounging different couch couches, chairs, um, just very quietly nursing a cup of tea for Oswald and a little snifter of brandy for Lorelai. Uh, when the first of you come in, um, Lorelai's like, Hi. Hello. Gentlemanly <laughs> Have a seat. Lady. Nothing impolite about a little bit of brandy before uh, a dinner. Pres- oh. <laughs> a di- yeah, a dinner uh, after such an fucking shitty day. <laughs> when do you both set to leave? Oswald says three days. Three days. Don't want to give any leads more time than we have to to run cold. Have you heard anything yet? No. Uh, Christensen's letter was infuriatingly vague. Don't know if he worried he'd been being watched or if he just couldn't speak of it. We'll figure it out when we get there. We'll take care of things here while you're gone. I know. It's a grim evening. Um, but you're welcome to chat a little bit, mingle, um, while awaiting that uh, dinner bell and the arrival of the dowager. May I say hello? I come over to June and Ronaldo. Oh, yes. Please. We're just Holds out our warming hands ourselves by the letters. fire. Yes, it's a uh, little cold for a June. Not the dog, but the month itself. No. Being in the being in the rain doesn't help. But June is warm and warm hearted, isn't she? And he gives it a big scratch and her scratches behind her ear. She always she always seems to enjoy your company, Rosalie. Yeah, I'm glad someone As does. do I. Thank you. Thank you. She's a good girl. Looks at been... all three of us look at Riley and growl. Things have been well for you, Ronaldo. As well as one can hope. Well, if you find yourself in want of shelter or Food, you know where I live. Can't offer you much, but I will share what I have. Fortunately for me, my situation's improved dramatically since coming here. I am happy to hear Are you staying in the guest rooms at Rose House, or do you have a small apartment or somewhere else that you stay now? I definitely don't have a place of my own. I think, I think Ronaldo, I think it's about 50-50. Half the time, Ronaldo doesn't stay there, and you're not sure where he is. Um, if ever it's 
crummy weather, he absolutely stays in either one of the guest rooms or he crashes on the couch in the living room or something. He's he's an old man, so he does one of those like old man sleep things where he just kind of nods off for a couple hours in a chair and then he's like good to go. Um, but uh, yeah, inclement weather, he stays here. <laughs> inclement weather, he stays here. Um, when it's nice out, he's usually not around. Arthur had in the past invited you to stay at his place whenever you wanted to open door. And when Arthur was away on missions or with a military deployment, he welcomed you to use his make use of his apartment. Um, hmm. Very small, kind of sparse. Arthur traveled too much to accumulate a lot of stuff, but that was an offer he had made to you. I think something I took Arthur up on was a shave when I first came to the house. All right. The military haircut from a military guy. Gets you cleaned up looking sharp. Yep. That's something he did for me. Treated you like a person. I am looking for a letter. Mm -mm. Um, At this point... Uh, the dowager makes her appearance up the stairs into the um, parlor, unannounced. Uh, this place is like a home. In the Rose House, she's able to put down some of the formalities of her station among her fellow society members. Uh, but she walks in, and she's like, oh, I hope the weather uh, didn't treat anyone too poorly getting here. I see everyone is here. Um, let's talk over food. Splendid idea. And she leads the way to the <laughs> dining room. Uh, at the dining room, uh, Hawkins is assisting Mrs. Morley, the cook and housekeeper who visits every day. Uh, she lives a couple houses down from Rose House with her family. Comes in every day, prepares food, helps with the cleaning and whatnot. Um, she and Hawkins are working together now to uh, set the sort of baseboard with different foods. Sort of a buffet style type thing. Grab your plates. Uh, get some foods and then uh have a seat is there any food for june a big old ham bone or something uh you are welcome to feed june um on a plate from whatever is offered at dinners that's nobody will balk at that okay june's basically a member of the society (laughs) yeah there's there's probably there is probably a, a a designated June bowl that has been put into service for her to Are there are there any savings. other animals of the house? Uh there is a cat, but other than that, um the cat comes and go as it pleases. It is sort of an indoor outdoor cat. Hangs out in the stable sometimes, comes in when it pleases, leaves when it pleases. Of course there's a cat. It's it's actually the ruler of this house. The cat dominates. It's an ancient dragon of immense power. (laughs) Hold on. Can I summon her? She summoned herself. Oh, look who just zoomed on into the room. The house cat. (laughs) Look, she's even all black like June. night, I know. Little baby. Huh? So cute. Are you spooky? I guess has June ever had any interactions with the cat of the house? Um, the cat, you know, is uh fairly at ease with June. Doesn't uh pay her much notice, and June is also not a fa- is a fairly calm dog and stuff. Um, you may have walked in on the cat using June like a piece of furniture once or twice, but other than that, they don't really oh, wow. or chase each other or anything. That's yeah, hilarious. dude. Okay, damn, that's that's wild. Okay, cool, very cool. Yeah, I think um yeah, I'll probably uh I'll wait till everyone else gets f- their food, 
Um, and then I'll, I'll grab a plate for June and myself and we'll kind of, um, not we'll like share a plate, but not like, we're not like eating off of the same plate, but like I'm giving you're not her a lady in the tram yeah. with your dog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she just yeah. puts her paws on the table and she's like face and plate and you're like face and plate. And that's how <laughs> you're doing it. <laughs> yes. All right. Perfect. Once everybody is served and situated, um, glasses are filled. Mrs. Morley and Hawkins uh, retire to a different room together. They fix themselves plates and they go off to eat them elsewhere and leave you to discuss your business. Oh, man. That's what the shame. help does, bro? Oh, That's man. a shame. That makes me sad. This is also what like a... Classist society. It's just big time Victorian. It's not so much a classist thing as in... Hmm. Um, so Hawkins knows about society business. He knows everything. Um, and when Mrs. Morley is not in attendance, Hawkins will attend meetings, even if he doesn't contribute much. He, like, listens. So he's more keeping her company? Yes, exactly. Mrs. Morley is uh, not a member of the society. She is hired, paid good wages, but he is not going to send her into a room alone. He is going to have dinner with Mrs. Morley. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, So, food is served. People begin to eat. Um, Oswald doesn't start eating. Oswald kind of stares at his plate for a few moments, takes a drink or two, and then um, before eating anything, he just sort of uh, he says, um, as a uh, Lorelai mentioned to you all, we're going to be leaving in three days' time to go to Sweden and join Arthur's friend, Bjorn Christensen, in the mystery Arthur was looking into um, to see if we can lend aid to Bjorn and find out what went wrong. I know it's not a lot of notice, and uh, society members are a little lean around here right now, but... You've all done well. And um, were I to be able to be in two places at once, I would not ask this of you, but I can't think of anything but my brother right now. So he pulls a letter out of a pocket and unfolds it. Received a letter from a former colleague of mine at Cambridge asking for some help. Uh, we'd corresponded on archaeology and folklore many times in the past. Um, and I would, normally I would attend this myself immediately without hesitation, but Sweden calls. So I'm going to write you a letter of introduction to Edgar Longby. He's the curate of the parish in Brancombe. <laughs> I will find that in a minute. Um, but he's, uh, well, he said some interesting things. I'll, I'll read it to you now. And it, it sounds like they need help. I have to find the, uh, so what is that, a, he's a curator of a parish. You said curate. What is a curate? Curator. Um, he is a holy man of some kind. So it's like a church of England sort of thing. He's like a. Let me look at the difference between curate and pastor. I'll look it up. You, yeah. you look at the other he's, thing. He's, he does church stuff at the church. <laughs> uh, he's essentially church. a priest assistant, uh, specifically defined as Makes person sense. who is invested with the care of souls in a parish. I'm going to say kind of like a deacon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, deacony. 
Yeah. So it, it okay. So it looks like it's a depending on. I'm looking at this is pulling up from the Anglican Church. It's kind of a step between a deacon and a vicar. So like gotcha. you're under a priest, but you're above a deacon. Gotcha. Yeah, vicars actually took care of like the building and stuff, from what I understand, right? Like they were the, the real priests, right? Yes, it was. Like it's, <laughs> okay, I remembered I, it. Oh, I don't. I didn't look up that far. Oh, don't worry about it. It's it's not like. Uh, never mind. It's not that. They're Catholicing. <laughs> we're Catholicing again. We are. Damn it. We never stop. Yes. yes they're Catholicing. Catholicing in this game. You can take the kids out of Catholic school, but you can't take the Catholic school out of the kids. Cry as you might, oh, you God. cannot expunge it. <laughs> uh, Oswald unfolds the letter and just reads to you. Um, my dear friend. I fear I've been remiss in failing to keep up our acquaintance. The correspondence of our student days was most enlightening for me, and I dare hope that you found some diversion in it as well. I still dabble in local archaeology and folklore, and have read a little in the London newspapers about your recent discoveries in your own country. Hmm, that should be counted because you're in the same country. <laughs> I, wish, yeah. I wish I were writing now to renew our acquaintance and to propose further exchanges on such fascinating matters. But I have another purpose. Certain troubling events around the village where I serve as a curate of the church reminded me of our discussions concerning the legends surrounding standing stones and their connection to folklore and the tales of witches, hags, and other troll folk. More than that, a young woman is dead, horribly murdered, and her former suitor is in danger of hanging for the crime. Since the unfortunate girl's body was found, our village has been in the grip of winter. Frosts as bitter as those of February blight, of February blight the flowers of June, and some creature, perhaps a wolf, though none has been seen in these parts for four centuries at least, has driven the cold, has driven been, has been driven by the cold to prey on farmers' livestock. Other strange occurrences have added to the woes of the local people, and there is talk of a curse. In our student days, you hinted at some knowledge, some resource that you could bring to bear in unraveling mysteries of this nature. If you do indeed have it in your power to investigate our situation and bring the truth to light, then I beg you to do me the honor of visiting. My home is humble, but it is at your disposal. I await your reply eagerly and hope for the pleasure of renewing our acquaintance in person. Sincerely yours, Edgar Longby, M.A., Curate of the Parish of St. Biron, Brancombe. I don't know what NR is an abbreviation for. <laughs> Ansbury, comma. G-L-O-S, which is another... What, these what are addresses. I presume NR is north. Yeah, and... Oh, NR? North? Not north really Annansbury? G-L-O-S, Gloucester? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is... is the parish of St. Beer. Uh, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Yeah, I'm like, Gloucester? Gloucestershire. In relation to Worcestershire. <laughs> and what is the name of the town, Amber? Uh, Brancombe. Uh, and then he lowers the letter, and he, if anybody looks interested, he will hand the letter off to whoever's like, oh, can I look at it? Riley will uh, take the letter to Bert to look over. I'll I'll also take a peek when you're done, Riley. Yep. And uh, there is a PDF of that letter with a neat handwriting and everything that is unintelligible to me without the translated text. <laughs> I was like, how yeah. are you reading yeah, this so read. fast? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, He's got a practice hand. Perfectly OCR'd though, because I was able to copy and paste uh, in our Annisburg GLOS into Google, and it perfectly OCR'd it, and I was oh. very pleased. Oh, nice! I also can uh, put in the text copied from the book in regular print for y'all's. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Ken is like, I would like to know what this yeah. says. <laughs> yeah, Chris Wentz says it's near. NR is near. Oh, near. Oh. See, learning something every near day. Near Annisburg and Gloucestershire. Okay. Yes, Annisburg is the largest town that is near, anywhere near Brancombe. Makes sense. A village. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, Oswald says, um, during our days at Cambridge, uh, I found Edgar to be uh, of keen mind and um, questioning disposition in nature. I'm actually a little surprised he went into religion in some ways, but it seems he has not lost uh, intellectual curiosity. Um, he's He was a good man. And it sounds like the people of Brancombe need our help. And he kind of looks between you all. Will you rise to the challenge? Of course. That's what we're here for. Thank you. I, uh, I'll take it as a personal favor to me right now. Now, uh, going through the, the letter, they said that, uh, Edgar had said that the, they were experiencing a winter. Is yes, that in, in the, the warmer months? Of, yes. In the middle okay. of June. Oh, it's I... supposed to be flowers and pastures and lambs and stuff. And it, it is frost and withering plants and blighted crops. Um, just bizarrely unseasonably cold weather. And, and this and, is just in their town or their village? Uh, localized to their village and the nearby outlying farmlands. Yep. Holy shit. Um, Lorelai says, uh, I know we're leaving, uh, quickly, but we have three days. If there's anything we can do to help prepare you for this, uh, we are your resources. Um, I think specifically I me, like to... uh, Oz has, I'm sure a lot. Oz is like, I can still help. <laughs> I should, I think I should like to take a look in the library and, um, learn about any legends of the town. Yes, of course. Um. That's a great place to start, uh, Lorelai says. And um, Oz says, uh, I can get you a list of titles that um, we had discussed, uh, Edgar and I. I'm sure I can recall most of them. I'll, I'll get that to you and um, Hawkins can pull them. Thank you. Anything uh, similarly in the, the library vein, anything on um, standing stones? Uh, yes, there are several tomes on standing stones in the library, if I recall, and I do remember the standing stone in particular outside of Brancombe. Uh, there's a folkloric legend, somewhat religious legend, somewhat kind of folklorish fancy about um, St. Beren, the saint of their local parish, having turned uh, a creature into the stone. It was quite a few years ago that we discussed this, but I do remember that much, at least. I, I'll look into more details. Yeah, certainly something I'd like to look into. Um, but, thank you. And then he sort of looks at his food like he doesn't want it to be there. <laughs> Eat just a little, even just some bread. Settle your stomach. He he grabs a roll and he will like sort of uh, pick at it. 
Lorelai. Uh, as like people <laughs> aren't noticing, Rosalie has been sneaking extra rose, ro- rolls like into the folds of her clothing. <laughs> Just kind of like pocket bacon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pocket bacon. God damn. Speaking of beef jerky. Yeah. So good. Right, Riley. I think um, Ronaldo's gonna ask if he can take a peek at the letter when you're done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He would uh he would hand it off to Let me get this thing in regular print for y'all's. He would hand it off. So Ronaldo really what Ronaldo's looking at is he's just looking at the um the handwriting. And he's just kind of trying to commit to memory what it looks like. Okay. Um, Easy enough. The handwriting is uh it's clearly somebody who has been um has had quite a lot of education. Um this is somebody who was taught probably by nuns. Yep, <laughs> to perfect their handwriting, you know, to yeah. perfect their handwriting. Yeah. Um, I'll also pass the the note down to uh to June and just offer if she wants to sniff the note. And I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. does it smell like curses to you, girl? She gives it like a cursory sniff like dogs do when you hold out any object to them and no yeah. other reaction beyond that. I just kind of pet her on the head and I give you the note back. Right. Nope, nope, not new folder. New file. There we go. Nora's mostly kind of quiet and not eating as well. Um, she's mostly just got anxious, nervous energy vibing off of her. Um, right, <laughs> Cecilia looks the exact opposite. She is jazz. I mean, she's sad because friend died. Uh, but the idea of, oh, you're going on a thing, it, she's jazzed. She's jazzed. One, one more thing, Lorelai. Um, this girl was obviously this was a murder. Surely, there were newspaper uh, accounts. Uh, uh Brandcombe is a bit out of the way. There's a lot of a uh, lot of news happening in London, so uh, nothing in any of the local papers. But I'm sure once you get to Annansbury, um, it likely would have been mentioned in that paper. Don't think we can acquire one before we leave, though. That's um, fair. You may pick one up on your way. I'm sure Perhaps it's all the talking about there, having grown up in, uh, well, more remote places. Yes, and I, I'm sure there's much more um, in the local tap houses than even in the papers, so. Oh, I have a Riley. demeanor. I'm sure I can find out some information there. You've already got a nose for it. Um, so, uh, business aside, I want to tell you something um, that Arthur said to me before he left on his last um, trip. And uh, Lorelai kind of sits back and she gets a little smile as she recalls like this fond moment. And she shares a story about um, having gone out drinking, uh, drinking with Arthur. Um, she's like, and she kind of brags about it. She's like, she's proud. Like, I- I'm the only member of the society that can keep up with Arthur drinking. Okay. And like, <laughs> I, and now uh, you, and now you noobs are going to have to try to keep up with me. So I'm going to, I'm going to carry that torch for him. Brace yourselves. <laughs> um, but it's, it's like, it's a funny um little anecdotal story that really captures a bit about Arthur's personality and the sort of good naturedness of his humor, even when there's a little bit of shenanigans involved. Um, and she invites 
other folks at the table to do the same. The Dowager also shares a kind of more serious story about Arthur. Um, Arthur comforting her after a sort of um, a hard mission, a hard hard loss um, of a society member several years before. I'll share the story. I'll share the story about Arthur um, giving me a giving me a shave, proper military shave. And I'll look at the rest of the group and I'll say, um, I'll say, uh, it's not too often that it's not too often that a man uh, of my age and my status feels seen and in that moment he was very uh very genuine very kind the world is certainly certainly a dimmer place without his spirit oz Mm -hmm. kind of looks down for a moment and then raises his glass after you say that and he says arthur never looked away he takes a drink with my tea Rosalie's absolutely drinking the brandy. Lorelai's drinking the brandy too. <laughs> She's like watching you drink that brandy, like force herself another glass. <laughs> Does yeah, anyone else have a Rose story? It's gonna be a little yeah. You know, I um there was a time when he bought a painting of mine. And but Let's be honest, my artwork, brilliant as it is, is an acquired taste. And uh, I know it wasn't quite Arthur's taste. And where I goes, Arthur likes boobies. <laughs> uh, Rosalie laughs. She goes, no, no, this one. That even gets any. like a little snore out of us. He didn't have, this one actually didn't even have any of that. But he, um, he did it because he knew that they needed the money. And, um, well. He also knew I was too proud to take the charity, so he uh he was a kind soul and charitable. Arthur. Ronaldo, that painting is the only piece of art Arthur has in his room. The one from Rosalie. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say it's a picture of um it's a field with a with a sun overlooking the field. And there are children playing in the field, like little, like chubby, naked children, like cherubic children. And um, the sun, though, it's like a very stylized sun with like lots of flames kind of around it and almost like a a Mm. weird pattern. And uh, there's still something sinister about the sun, almost as if it's like an eye watching the children. Yeah, the eye of fucking Sauron watching these children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not that obvious. Not watching, but, like, but just like burning in the. Yeah, there's yeah. something weird about the sun. It's like yeah, it would be I a gotcha. nice scene, but the, the way sun like is the halo off-putting. is around it, like an iris sort of thing, and the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, Arthur was the first person to ask me to do a magic trick for him in the house, and he applauded anyways, even when I got it wrong. He applauded every time, really. Uh, Riley is going to share. It's like the the time that uh, he met. I keep wanting to call him Oz, but it's Arthur. Arthur, yeah, Art, Arthur. Art, and Oz. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was. 
sat with me at the uh and I was frequenting and the all of you know I've been looking for something but he gave me something that I uh he let me find something that I wasn't looking for here it's a very dear friend that I would have loved to host back home goes to Arthur but sharing stories about Arthur you work your way through the meal into the later evening hours um Oz kind of excuses himself after after the dinner and heads off into the other rooms beyond um Lorelai is like Arthur loved drunk shooting let's go shoot some shit in the basement <laughs> yes there there's a little basement room that can be set up with some targets it is underground uh you can shoot in the basement it's loud (laughs) ricochet perfect yeah Yeah, definitely rosalie Rosalie has had enough brandy to think that's a fantastic idea i'll set this one out boys (laughs) he's like absolutely you goddamn american (laughs) i'm almost as good a drinker as arthur and he is almost as good a shooter as me so (laughs) <laughs> this is right. <laughs> if anybody wants to be dumb in the basement like Arthur and me, Lorelai is there for it, honoring his spirit. Uh, but the evening uh, winds to a close with uh, many a laugh, and perhaps a close call where those of you who are more sober are like, okay, that's probably the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to be this old without a shred of wisdom. <laughs> Cecilia does not go down there, but every now and again she hears like a particularly loud bang and then just a bunch of ah, yeah, like, uh, no. <laughs> Oh no. Rosalie actually is uh, <laughs> my precision is really high, although I have no firearm skills, so she's a decent natural shot, actually. I was gonna All say right, I'll, right. I'll fire one shot yeah. too. I'll, I'll fire one shot for Arthur and that's Watch as I make this disappear into Rosalie's leg. (laughs) (laughs) One shot for Arthur. All right. uh, Lorelai is there to give tips to anybody who wants them, help you with some aiming and stuff. Um, You're a little drunk right now, but if uh, any of you wanted to practice shooting as an advantage for this upcoming uh, adventure, you may. This is an opportunity to do so with Lorelai. You can also save your advantage for something else. Yeah, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna save mine for something else. Too drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Too drunk I'm can't just, learn. <laughs> I'm just like bang bang. I'm, I'm like, look I'm... at me, you yank. Bam. <laughs> uh, I think Ronaldo's gonna help uh clean up the dinner. He's gonna help um the butler and the, the uh butler. uh the Hawk, uh, Mr. Hawkins actually lets uh, has Mrs. Morley uh, go home to be with her family after having some food and stuff. He's gonna ha- he was gonna handle the cleanup by himself. So it's you and Hawkins cleaning up in the. Okay, I think I'll ask uh, I'll ask Ellis if he has any um, stories of Arthur. I'm on the spot with all these fucking stories. Hang on, let me think of a good story here. So, um, I do. Uh, Mr. Williams, 
uh, liked to style himself a handyman, um, sort of jack of all trades, master of none type thing. Um, certainly was not a master of roofing, but that did not uh, stop him from trying to help when we sprung a leak um, about four years ago. And the unique thing about this story that sets it a little apart here is uh, Arthur had uh, been shot in the leg <laughs> just a few weeks before. So uh, he he climbed that ladder uh, and set to working on the roof. The, the leak was much, much larger after he finished patching it. Um, but trying to coax him down off that ladder and convince him that it was a terrible idea was probably... The hardest I'd laughed in maybe three years. And you couldn't talk that man down from helping. <laughs> Not from anything. The world is poorer for his loss. Hmm. I'm just kind of nod. You're going to do great. You're ready. I can honestly say I don't think I've been this way before. And if nothing else, that's something to be excited for. Person Many more purpose. Ropes. Something Arthur used to say a lot, too. Hmm. Absolutely. He helps you go through it. Do dishes, set them aside. And the evening, uh, through gunshots and uh, dishwashing, draws to a close. Um, those of you who have, if you have imbibed too much, you're welcome to stay in one of the guest rooms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hawkins yeah. already has the strangely the exact right number of guest rooms prepared for the sudden overnight guests um and uh everybody else um the uh the dowager um will get a cap orders a cap for you to take you home or wherever you need to very kind very kind yeah is arthur's um home separate from this place yes arthur has uh an apartment that he sort of rents year round um it's just a one room sort of apartment thing um with like a shared kind of bathroom and stuff. It's clean, it's right. bare minimum, but it's not like in a shady or unsecure part of the city. Right. I think I would probably ask Oz if I can find him. Um if he would I would ask him as politely as I can if it would be acceptable for me to um maybe just like, you know, freshen up, shave um one last time before we Head off on our trip. For old time's sake. Oh, um, you find Oz in the library. Um, he's at a desk, kind of like holding his head, going through, flipping through some books. He's already looking, and you can see he's already started that list that he said he mm -hmm. would get to uh, Rosalie and the rest of you. Um, he's just thrown himself right into work. Um, when you uh, come in and ask, um, his expression softens a little bit, actually. He says, I was meaning to talk to you about the same thing um arthur's paid through the rest of the year and uh please if you have need or use of his room um any of his effects he'd want you to 
Your brother was a better man than many. The thought that he's still being helpful even after he's gone is a comfort to me. I just put my hand on Oz's shoulder. He puts his hand over yours for a moment. And you can tell, like, there's some tears there, but he, like, kind of composes himself for a moment. Hmm. Thank you. I'll uh, I'll take my leave when, you know, appropriate. Not right away, but, and then I'll I'll head over there and I'll freshen spend the night there. Right, and the dowager will get you a cap for that too, unless you wanted to walk. Gotcha. All right, folks. Um, you find your various beds and rests, um, peaceful or fitful, perhaps touched with dreams of a of a loud and boisterous laugh, um, half remembered by morning, but will soon, but will long be before it is forgotten. Um, and the next day when the sun rises, you have work to do. We will pick up again in two weeks. Yay. Awesome. Good job. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, yeah. New little assholes to ruin the lives and emotions of. <laughs> We're <laughs> helping. <laughs> explosions go, in the background fuck up this small town we're helping that's what arthur it. would want uh, we learned how to shoot when we were drunk <laughs> we fucked up a small town before and we'll do it again god damn it <laughs> god damn it <laughs> town's cold it needs fire yep. <laughs> oh boy Rosaline's like, I brought bread rolls. <laughs> oh boy. You just pack your suitcase full of rolls instead of clothes and go off on the bread. trip. <laughs> she has no clothes. She just has bread. I'm poor. I have fart and bread. Of... Okay. It's it's it, it her her one outfit she brings is just an outfit made of bread. <laughs> it's like Lady Gaga's meat dress, but I was it's bread. Say it's a meat dress, yeah. Incredible. Did Lady Gaga wear a dress made of meat? Yeah, yeah. Saw, dude. What? It. Yeah, a it's long time ago. I think that was yeah. her. I think that was her first. Like, yeah, she was just getting like it was, was a major awards thing. show. Like, yeah. it's yeah. made of raw meat. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it was Holy really cool. Actually, yeah. yeah, you I, look it up. It's yeah, that's crazy. I'm pretty sure I. That was when at least I was in middle school, maybe eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were young. Wow, an actual raw meat dress. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh god, all right. Nita probably had heart attacks. Sorry. Oh no. no. Oh they did. Yeah, they have heart attacks over everything. Their hearts are uh, Yeah. Th- th- black holes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Thank you no. everyone for joining us for episode one of Basin. Uh, if if you want to make sure you see when we next go live, you can follow us on Twitch. That's free. All you need is an account. Uh, if you want to give a little money, uh, you can subscribe to us for $5 a month. Or if you have Amazon Prime, you can give us five of Jeff Bezos' dollars. Yay! Yes. <laughs> uh, it, you do by no means do you have to it is just if you wish um every bit is appreciated all of it goes back into the podcast uh we're using and- some of it for really cool art guys you're yes, gonna get yes. there there is going to be some beautiful 
Have we said what it is yet, or should I go for it? Just, just announce. I get to do the reveal. All right. Uh, Christian was able to get in touch with uh, one of the main RuneQuest. Katrin Durim, one of the main RuneQuest artists, and commission her for RuneQuest style art of all of our characters. Uh, we have it's gotten so the We've sketches. Seen it's so cool. It's beautiful. Uh, all of our characters, plus uh, our favorite NPCs, Aranina and Lonson. Uh, the pets. Is, all the pets are there, and I, I have to give a specific shout out to Nightclaw. The way that she drew Nightclaw is. It is a, it's 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 the way I hold my cat. Perfect. It's it's so it's, cat. It's yep. yeah, Nightclaw blows the whole picture away. Um, but yeah, it's it's as absolutely beautiful what we've seen so far, and we will share the full piece as soon as we get the finished copy. Um, and yeah, it's and yours and Jeff Bezos's dollars made this possible. <laughs> Jeff Bezos donated to this art. Uh, <laughs> He'll use it as a tax write-off. It's fine. <laughs> There you go. Uh, You can follow us on all social medias at DMs After Dark. We are on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Blue Sky. Um, You can also email us at dmsafterdark at gmail.com. Should should you have any questions, comments, thoughts, uh, we love it all. Um, We have a red bubble where you can buy a shirt with our logo on it if you wish. you can follow us on all the podcast apps at DMs After Dark. Uh, that's where you'll get, you know, all the audio of these, all of the mini series. Um, you can also follow Rainy's podcast, uh, Rainy Plays Games, which is his uh, solo feed, but also, and every now and again, uh, a couple of us will be on there uh, and some of his other friends. So go go support our our, our home as if he's he's still part of. Us, obviously, he's just also our doing basement more. ginger because he's cra- our basement. Our basement ginger. Go support our basement ginger. <laughs> Go support our basement ginger. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> There's rumor that he will even make a guest appearance during the campaign at hey. some point. Uh, in theory, he should also uh, be on all the podcast apps. Um, I have to prepare to traumatize him the, the most. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all in in one like session. Five five uh five amber sessions and games that he's missed uh uh gillary's that would be not up to us uh that would be a conversation with katrine uh because it is her art and we are not gonna profit off of her art uh so it will be a question yeah christian is posted we could uh so maybe that is an up to her kind of thing i think um But I would. Oh, also. the the prints or something. Yeah, prints putting it or, on yeah, that depends on. Uh, we'll have to check if we purchased a commercial uh, when we purchased the commission. If it was a commercial license or just yes. for personal yeah, use. Honestly, I, I would even just put it up to her to like you know split it with her if that exactly. goes that way. Yeah. And like you know, I don't, I'm not looking to rip anyone off. So, no. yeah. um, but um, if that is something that becomes available, we will share that on our socials and talk mm-hmm. about it on whatever episode comes out around that time. Um, and it, as soon as we get shareable uh, updates on that art, oh boy, we're all very excited about it. It's, it's really cool. cool. It's it really cool. Um, all right, so thank you everyone so much for joining. Uh, and until next, I didn't think of a question. Until next, uh, until next time. Go shoot in good, your basement. How how good do you think you could? No, 
No. No, I don't want to. No, ask. don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. Uh, Can't shit. even do anything anymore in America. <laughs> Until next YouTube. time, bring plastic baggies to the Olive Garden. Take the bread home. Yes, the best thing about Until Olive Garden. Until next time, steal more bread. <laughs> Have okay. a good night, everyone. Have a great Perfect. night, everyone. <laughs>